0: All right, welcome, one and all, 23rd of January, 2024. And uh, we're going to rock the health world today for sure. We got my buddy, Dr. Jason Dean from Brave TV back on the show. He's got some stuff to reveal about what is this disease X? So like Planet X, what is going on? Uh, The WEF and and the WHO, they're blundering, blundering. Are they going to succeed? I don't think so, but we'll hear from Dr. Dean on what their uh, agenda is. And if you feel a little nauseous, it's because the homeopathic hit today yeah, we'll make you throw up. No, actually, it'll reverse that. that we'll get into that. That's going to be fun. Uh, in hour two, uh, remember that story the or that article uh, opinion piece from, uh, where was it from uh, last week? Rob Jenkins did it. That's right. Um, the collapse of credentialism on Brownstone. Dude's going to be on the show. Talk about a guy that's credentialed and he's in it going credentialism it's not that impressive and this goes to the heart of uh, why I call it a degree all the time and we'll get there as well Uh, we've got some updates on IBD diagnoses as well as uh, let's see behavioral interventions to reduce vaccine hesitancy more propaganda or are they going to finally tell the truth Uh, you probably know the answer to that but you know what we'll tell you get ready because we're about to hit the healing road with you on the Robert Scabell show let's go
1: The Robert, Scott, the Bell Robert Scott Bell show
2: Now, the voice of health, freedom and liberty, here's Robert Scott Bell.
0: If you've ever been suspicious about the official narratives coming from government medicine, media, you are definitely in the right place. We got a couple hours of broadcast healing and they include, uh, uh, some old friends and new. And, uh, just to give you a heads up, Dr. Jason Dean's going to be joining us from brave TV this hour, catching up on disease X, planet X, disease X, all of these things. What is that X thing? I think Twitter is X now. Uh, is there some mysticism about it that we should be afraid of or, uh, you know we're not into fear here as, either, so I remind remind myself of that from time to time. Uh, so that's coming up. Also, uh, the collapse of credentialism. That's another thing I always had this uh, suspicion of. Those who had uh, the official narratives. Or you know, later on in life, I'd meet my my you know good friend who. Uh, He's no longer with us. Of course, Liam Sheff, I think about him a lot uh, with official stories, official narratives there to protect the officials, etc. And we recognize that, you know, we're pretty much all being lied to all of the time. Does this mean we can't find truth or evidence of truth or facts? No, it doesn't mean that. It means, though, we have to dig beneath the surface. We have to realize that a lot of the the messages coming to us and through us all of the time are designed to weaken us, disempower us have us live in a state of fear and divisiveness and division. And, you know, I recognize that, yeah, there are certainly genuine differences that humans can have with other humans. But normally, mm-hmm. given, you know, left to our own uh, accord, we would kind of figure out, you know, it's probably better to get along even with people we don't agree with. And where we would draw the line is, is, of course, if those people would violate our fundamental freedoms, not only to disagree, but to to live differently, as long as we're not violating their rights in the process. It seems pretty basic. But politically, perhaps many of us have lost our way and maybe some of us have found our way back. And as we look at the political season known as 2024, oh, the craziness has only begun. The question is, will you be able to maintain your balance through it all and not be subject to the fear mongering or the hate mongering that is sure to be ramped up even further? So as we go into issues of behavior, right, behavior, if you're a parent, you're like, You know what that's all about when your kids are misbehaving. Has that ever happened? Or when you remember when you were a kid, or maybe you're still a kid and you misbehave occasionally, you know what that's like, but who is controlling or manipulating your behavior? Is it coming from within or is it coming to, well, I just want to make somebody angry. So I'm going to misbehave on purpose. Like we've done that to people. We've done that to our parents, perhaps from time to time. But this opening article here at robertscadbell.com comes from the British Medical journal, the BMJ. Now there are articles in the BMJ that we've referenced that are pretty legit, you know, pretty good sound scientific reasoning and/or uh, you know validated methods to come to conclusions. And you know we've 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 definitely c- covered, but we also recognize that many of these peer-reviewed journals, including the JAMA journal, the A, you know the AMA and uh, uh, New England Journal, as well as uh, Lance and others, there are plenty of times where the stuff coming out of there is just pure bunk. It, it's just like not validatable not duplicatable and you know we've heard uh, editors of those journals uh, come out and say look we don't even know what's real anymore there's a lot of f- what they call sham peer review etc but this article coming from the bmj is rather interesting because it's very revealing of the techniques uh, to alter your behavior, if they, if they could succeed. I think if you're here on this show with me or if you know Dr. Jason Dean and listen to him, you're probably not going to be swayed by what this article in the BMJ says they're going to do. To do what? The headline reads, behavioral interventions to reduce vaccine hesitancy driven by misinformation on social media misinformation on social media, which is coming largely from the official narratives, those that are trying to constrain reality to a certain set of beliefs, not facts, not validatable, even what we call truths, if you, if you think about putting all these facts together and coming up with some kind of objective truth, if that could be done. And there are certain things I would agree you can uh, come to. But the uh, overview here, it says effective population level, think control, population level control, but they say population level vaccination campaigns are fundamental to public health. Now, this is describing a religion or a cult, fundamentalism in this case. The fundamentalism within the church of pharmaceutical mysticism exists more strongly than just about anywhere else than in the cult of vaccinology. And they have altered vaccines to include or embrace this thing called mRNA injection technology, which makes Previous vaccines look like, you know, Play-Doh kid sets, you know, that you're like harmless, right? Relatively speaking, compared to what they're doing with this technology, that they altered the definition of vaccines so much that you couldn't recognize them from their origin point to what they are today. And... Uh, You know, they acknowledge here, they even reference like that counter campaigns against vaccination are old as the first vaccines, right? We talk about the history of vaccinology going back to Jenner and his temple of vaccinia. You find that there were anti-vaccinations or anti-vaxxers almost right then and there because they saw the danger of basically variolation. We talked about this yesterday with Kate Birch as we were expanding our knowledge of the immune system through homeoprophylaxis. But back then they would just take the pus from the udders of cows and just, you know, cut open with a rusty whatever. It didn't matter. It's like cut it open, shove it in there. And I wonder why these uh, these limbs are now having to be cut off. I wonder why these people are being uh, are dying from sepsis, systemic infection. It's just devastating. Oh, but yes, we prevented another case of cowpox or smallpox, so they claim. And, 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 you know, so the whole, the whole history of vaccinology didn't start in terms of anti-vaccine with Andrew Wakefield, not even close. There were people long before Wakefield came on the scene. Some of them are my friends to this day, you know, like from the National uh, uh, Vaccine Information Center, right? Barbara, uh, well, how, how long, how many times have we interviewed Super Don? Have we had, uh, let's see just thinking about Barbara Low Fisher how many times over the years and you know I learned Barbara because of the book she also co-authored with um, the guy who wrote the divided legacy series of medical texts on the history of medicine in America Harris Coulter who interestingly enough as we get into credentialism when I graduated from Emory University in Atlanta in 1988 who was our graduation speaker you know like everybody competes who's the biggest name that you can get can you get former presidents? Can you get ex? you know, all of that. And so it's Ivy league from the South level stuff. And who did they get? Mikhail Gorbachev. I'm not kidding. Gorbachev was my graduation speaker. Now that was the time of perestroika and you know, all the stuff that was going on, but still uh, an avowed communist out of the failed Soviet union. And guess who was the translator for that? Graduation speech, because he didn't speak much English, Gorbachev. He spoke in Russian, and the translator happened to be Harris Coulter, the author of Divided Legacy, friend of Barbara Low Fisher. It's interesting how these, and this is long before I knew anything about anything. No, I was still a a dumb kid who necessarily didn't necessarily believe in all the lies, but I didn't know much more. It was about to evoke, a you know, go on a journey at that point forward to unlearn all the things I had learned to that point. And eventually I did meet Harris Coulter in year 2000. There was a, a, a hundred year dedication of the only memorial dedicated to a physician in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Year 2000, the rededication of the Hahnemann Memorial, Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, who it, it basically invented, it, but basically discovered the concept of the like curing like and applied it in homeopathic medicine. The only doctor so honored with his, the entire Scott circle there in Washington, D.C. Check it out the Hottima Memorial. It was being rededicated 100 years after President William McKinley was there at the, the inauguration of that, the dedication of that 100 years earlier with his presidential band. Um, at the time, I think Clinton, it was 99, 2000, was right at the end of that year. And uh, they, he sent the band, his presidential band, but he didn't show up anyway. So I just think it's fa- it's fascinating the history here as we come back around to the attempts at. What are we going to do about all this misinformation to keep everything in line? And we'll look at these things and you'll realize it is pure propaganda. What the BMJ article is promoting is educational campaigns, which is basically propaganda campaigns to give the, the in uh, the false information that these things are safe and efficacious. The vaccines having not undergone placebo controlled studies, double blind or otherwise, Fact-checking initiatives. They want to do a fact-checking. How, how well have those fact-checks gone for you? How many of us have been banned from social media from time to time or completely deplatformed on YouTube, for instance, because of fact-checkers that couldn't fact-check their way out of a wet paper sack? They've been wrong about everything. They want to do more of that. They want to indoctrinate healthcare professionals with more tools to basically shout down moms and dads who are going, hey, there's a problem here. My kid was fine until I got the hell well-baby visit. And then they went straight to hell, right? They want to have more engagement in social media platforms like we've seen the co- collaboration and collusion and conspira- conspiring. This is a conspiracy between government, medicine, and media and social media to ban views that are not conforming to the party line. Using influencers, trustworthy sources like, you know, this is why I was rooting against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I like football. I admit it. I know it's a waste of time, but it's still a little bit of just turn the brain off, right? A little sports. Uh, But Travis Kelsey, Dodo head, that would take the money to promote the COVID shots even today. I don't know what his girlfriend is doing. If she's in on it too, I have no idea. But the influencers, they want to do more of that. Direct communication strategies, sending messages to individuals through text or emails, giving them factual information, right? Again, more propaganda. Community-based approaches, they did this during COVID. How many of you know preachers, rabbis, imams, imams, et cetera? Religious leaders engaging in shutdown of religious practices, community-based approaches. Call Obama, the community organizer. Monitoring and evaluation, okay, George Orwell is back. More, let's listen in, and if you say the wrong thing, we'll sick the FBI on you. Adapting messages to target audiences, combating the echo chambers, trying to break in to various uh, events or even online uh, groups that are already figured this thing out. And like, how do we infiltrate and orchestrate a takeover? Right. These are all things that are illicit and they're done by bad guys, bad people who don't believe in freedom because there's nothing in all of this. And Superdome bring you in and then we'll bring Jason Dean in in just a moment here. The one thing they didn't say they were going to do in combating what they call vaccine hesitancy is tell you the truth. Stop lying. To level with you. To stop lying. Stop Isn't that lying. interesting? I the just only, don't understand why the public doesn't trust us. The only thing that could work, not that they could tell you the truth because if they did then we'd all be pretty much on the same page even they would have to go. Oh yeah. You know, no, when you when you look
1: at the at, at the the polls that they yeah. do periodically about you know how, how much do you trust the government? Yeah. And you know it's like forty percent, thirty percent, twenty nine percent, twenty two percent, nineteen percent. Can't
0: figure it. It's out. like
1: you know people don't trust you already. <laughs> then you know over the last three years, how many times have they been full of crap? You yeah. know and, and lying and 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 you well, know just something keep like
0: doing that. the same thing over and over and expect a different result. Doctor Jason. So here's here's Dean what we're going to do. Here's what we're yeah. going to
1: do. The way we're going to get people to trust us. Yeah. Is we're going to yell louder. <laughs>
2: Vaccines hey. are safe and effective.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, oh, shoot. Boy, you said that so loud. I believe you now.
0: I think you've convinced Dr. Jason Dean. He's all in on this. All bored now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good Lord. I'll text you. I'll text it to you. Vaccines well, yeah, are safe and effective. Anything, Do you believe me now?
0: He'll suddenly become a pro-vaxxer fanatic. Right, Jason?
3: Oh, if you say the same thing over and over again, and whether it's a lie or, or a truth, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sink in, yeah. right? We'll
0: get a football
1: player to say it. Now you believe us, right? Exactly. Well, isn't <laughs> I mean, who's in charge of these, this, this, this marketing the
0: morons running the show. That's why I say they don't have a path to victory. Dr. Jason Dean. I'm not saying they don't have power and authority to do bad things, but I'm not co- confident that they are confident anymore that they're going to succeed, even though they're, they're so into it. They're not giving up.
3: Well, there's a, there's a physical battle and there's a, there's a spiritual or conscious battle. Right. So, so there's two battles. Well, I mean, physical battle, you know, people ask me all the time, like, I, I don't know about you, but we get viewers who are like, When is this going to be over? When is it in evil? First of all, it's never over. Welcome to planet Earth. Welcome to America, right? So the physical, and and, and by the way, in the physical battle, there's there's loss. I mean, there's loss of lives. It it just is what it is. I mean, that's been, this is nothing new. This has been going on for millennia. We've heard about all the ancient civilizations and wars and battles and, you know, dictators. It's always going on. But the war is really consciousness. I mean, and really like what, what Don just said um, was like, if you if you yell it, you, you yell it out loud or you text it, whatever, that's not the physical battle. That's the conscious battle, the consciousness, the, the, the battle for uh, the spiritual path. Because ultimately you get enough people who are blind to what you and I know and the viewers know right now. Over and over, if you keep pounding that in subliminally, They're going to buy into Mm -hmm. it versus you and I, and probably every viewer that's watching this right now, um, for the most part we, we made whether because of injury to a child or injury to an adult or a health scare, or just a wake up call, right? Something happened in your life to go, Oh my gosh, this is not what I thought it was. Well, we made that consciousness awakening ourselves. So we're no longer controllable in that area of, of spirituality because we know. So, For us, getting a text like we joke about the text because like oh okay that's hilarious. Now they're trying to text people. Problem the problem is we have mass psychosis going on throughout America. And at least half the country is still buying into this article.
0: yeah it's true and you to your point again you got the physiological har- harsh realities of what we're dealing with and you as a, a doctor as well and and you know we 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 are invested in healing and helping people get well recognize that people have made choices based on fear and 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 you know decisions rooted in ignorance that caused the fear to even be stronger that have been very detrimental to their health some have not survived it and there are others that are just kind of hanging on others that feel okay, but are very nervous because of the unknown quantity of the ticking time bomb of what's been injected into them. And it's not just uh, stuff. It's like information reprogramming genetic, you know, uh, production of, of protein. So it, this is unprecedented. And, and their willingness to do, this is disgusting in terms of when you think and come to a conclusion, it's like, you know what, I think it's pretty good not to go around hurting or even killing people indiscriminately right without, you know, proper defensive life, for instance, and and you get to that and you're like but these people they knew <laughs> At many levels, at the highest levels they knew, and now the people at the underling level that were just like doing their job, if they claim they don't know now, it's it's hard to believe that. So they're still engaged, those that have not come around like some of the others, like McCullough and others that have acknowledged. You can tell in their hearts, they've, they're contrite, and they're like, gee, I'm sorry I ever screwed up on that, and they're trying to do better. And I'll give them props for that. Maybe they're not going as far as we would, but then again, as a chiropractor, as a homeopath, we are vitalistic in our view, and they still have – uh, I guess, the training limitations of allopathic medicine that they're carrying. And it's hard to break free of it.
3: No, 100 percent. I actually just had Karen Kingston on a couple of weeks ago. We discussed this very thing and we discussed two points that were it was hard for me to wrap my mind around, even though I know what goes on. And the first one was she's like, you know, you reading a study. Versus a medical doctor reading a study. You have to understand. Because it's hard to believe. Like, Why does a medical doctor not see this? Why do they not see that it's paid for by a pharmaceutical company doing a study? And that's where they came to their conclusion. And she said, remember, they're coming from their programming or their education standpoint. So they believe that these companies truly are working to make medicines, vaccines, et cetera, To help the public. And they are programmed into that mentality. Versus you you're programmed coming from obviously the vitalistic standpoint you're programmed to believe to be skeptical that the body works why would a pharmaceutical company make something for it doesn't even exist necessarily or it's bioweapon or whatever so it's hard for us to see their viewpoint i have to take a step back and go okay you know they're not controlled opposition necessarily it's just they have a viewpoint that's just very different than me but then on top of that the pharmaceutical aspect, right? And I, and I said, I go, I know, I know mentally that they they need the person as a customer for life, right? So create the problem and then give them the solution. But Robert, I thought that was a meme for the longest time. Like, like, like it's a meme out there, right? Because I see the meme and everyone writes the meme and you put it up, you repost it, you reshare it. I said, but I thought it was just a meme. She goes, no, 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 behind closed doors, they legitimately are looking for new markets to go mm-hmm. after. So what they do is they have a problem. They'll create a product that they knowingly, they know it causes harm, but in their twisted mind, if they then create a solution yeah. for said problem that they created, they believe <laughs> this is really weird. They believe that they're then helping the person and fixing it. And on top of that, they're making like two streams of income from that. And if there's any penalties or whatever for somebody who's harmed or died, well, they 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 put the money aside, so it's okay. And that was shocking in a way to me because it was hard really to to get my, I, I knew it was happening, but it's when it's put to you by somebody who's in the industry, that's hard, it's hard to
0: understand. You know I mean, what I mean? I Does that make hey, sense? This has been part of my argument about just because you wouldn't do it and I wouldn't do it, doesn't mean other people wouldn't, right? The horrible things that we talk about. And a lot of times they prey on the naivete of the average good, you know, human being, like they would never even consider doing some of the things we're seeing that are done or that have been done historically. And so they're distant from it to the belief system that if I wouldn't do it, no one else would do it. So then, then they can be attacked in terms of those of us who say, Hey, they're conspiring, they're working together behind the scenes and then they say, well, that's a conspiracy theory, dismiss it, it's nonsense. And so they, they prey on the average folks going, yeah, that's crazy, I would never do that, so that would never happen. Now, some of that maturation is occurring because of COVID within some from within the MD, PhD community and some from the average folks out here going, well, I never would have thought that this stuff was real and then everything that was predicted, whether it be an Alex Jones predictions or things we've been talking about coming to pass going, y'all weren't so crazy after all.
3: <laughs> it's 100 percent. so it's actually funny because the, you started the show i was listening which was with vaccination started a long time ago like wakefield and us weren't the first ones right and it's it's actually so i gave a presentation to doctors and practitioners probably i don't know three four months ago and i walked in and i said you know let's take ourselves back to the first vaccination like they 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 actually took dead or diseased cows <laughs> They took lymph slash pus, like fluid, like death. Like they took it out, they, they scraped it off and then they sit, they went over to a human being, a child, and they deposited it into their open wound or bloodstream. And, and I get this reaction of like this horror, right? And their faces are horror, like, like, cause a lot of them don't know, like, this is how it started. And they're like, that's how it started. Like, that's how it started. And that's, it's abhorrent to people when you first say it, right? Because like, who would ever, that's so gross and disgusting. And then I go, but you have to understand it hasn't changed. Well, we're not, well, we're not taking dead cow. Well, no, you're not literally taking the dead cow, but there are dead, dead body, dead cow parts somewhere behind the scenes that you're not seeing. They've just made a pretty lab now, but the culture still has bovine serum in it. It still has egg protein. It still has all this stuff that was in the first vaccine. It's just a a prettier packaging now. They still have genetically modified cultures. They still have pathogens that are attracted to that because that's what happens when you have you have dead cells. It's pathogens, right? And so it's no different today than it was then. It's just like you say. They put a religion around it by putting people in white jackets yeah. with microscopes, so it looks really, really scientific and professional. That means, illusion. well, what goes in and that what goes in in the little vial and in the needle, it must be safe because it's clear and they've done this in a lab. Isn't it interesting how they've evolved it over time to much more mass acceptance?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but it's all illusion. It's all. Pharmakia, which is sorcery, and it's manifested and it's, it's quite devastating because we are a programmable species. We are easy to manipulate, especially if you appeal to fear and other emotions, and they're very well versed at doing that. We, on the other hand, don't want to manipulate people. You know we're not interested in that yet, at the same time we realize, well, how how are we how do we become more efficient at communication so that the people we don't want to see harmed are not harmed? or now, as we're saying, how do we help those that are already harmed to not succumb to the inevitable if we don't do something or if they don't do something to correct it? And maybe this gives rise to the transition to this disease X that you're now talking about. And maybe you can reveal a little bit more of the detail of it from the mysterious sound that it is to the, ground it for us you know what are we talking about here you know they're they're talking about it at the wf uh, who the next disease the next pandemic the gates is the world still staying talking like that as if they know something's coming so what are you revealing for us here
3: yeah so they knew about this a long time ago and and just so everyone knows out there i'm a, i'm in the same world of i don't believe there's viruses i believe there's exosomes i believe there's detoxification of cells Uh, I'm, I'm a terrain theory guy. I'm a terrain, I'm all about terrain, not germ theory. However, we have enough paperwork at this point that we know, and and some people still even get upset with this. They do create bioweapons. They've been doing this for a long period. They, they, they test on the military. They test that. They, I mean, they, they use leishmaniasis in Afghanistan in the middle East and they pumped them. They pumped like insects and sand flies full of leishmaniasis and they unleash them on uh, our troops and they they have leishmaniasis t- today because of that situation so there are bioweapons made in labs that are not your typical quote unquote pathogen they've manufactured right so i'm not necessarily one to say there is no such thing as disease x now if you have an immune system i'm not i'm not worried about it i don't think robert's worried about i don't think you should be worried about it if you're taking care of yourself and you're not getting a bunch of bioweapons pumped into your body Uh, However, they've been working on this for a long time. There was actually a project called Cladex, which you can look up. Uh, Cladex, I think uh, Johns Hopkins, I think, has a a website on it. Um, There's another one as well. They openly say it. It was like event 201. So um, there's there's actually a woman, and everyone can look this stuff up, literally. You don't have to take my word for it. We just put out a video today as well. It's about a 10-minute video, kind of investigative report on it. But Kate Kelland, uh, who's on Twitter, She was with Reuters for, I think, 12 plus years. Um, She works directly with the World Economic Forum. And so she wrote a book called Disease X, and basically it's 100 days to get out of pandemics. And I was looking through this, and and what they're doing, Robert, is, and this is with the Gates Foundation, uh, they put money into not injectables. And Bill Gates said this at World Economic Forum last week. He said, there's vaccine hesitancy people don't want a needle anymore. They're scared of a needle. So they went from needles to they're making uh, micro needle patches that you will never feel. You just put it on. And this is the crazy part. So, you know, there are people out there who want vaccine choice and they might want vaccines. I don't know why, but they might want them. Right. So this is the problem. So a vaccine takes at least a decade typically to actually like unleash on the public because of, you know, experiments and trials and control and, uh, they want 100 days for vaccines now. And the way they do it is using these patches. So building up to disease X among many other diseases, they actually like, so there's actually a, an organization called CEPI. I actually have it right here. Um, this is their report. So it's del- it says delivering pandemic vaccines in 100 days. CEPI is the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations. Um, now CEPI works with the us government and the disease x uh there was a D- disease x bill that was brought to congress back in 2023 i think it was june of 2023 That's already it's in congress now it hasn't gone anywhere yet but i think it's sitting there ready from a democrat out of massachusetts um, and actually under um so because i don't worship any politicians under donald trump when he was president there was actually an executive order one, three, eight, eight, seven called the executive order on modernizing influenza vaccines in the United States to promote national security and public health. Well, in that executive order, as well as in operation warp speed, they're working with a company with a, with an organization called BARDA. So it's, it's basically bio research uh, organization. BARDA works with CEPI. They work with Gates They now have companies like Vaxxas, V-A-X-X-A-S, or Smart Needle, or uh, Blueberry Therapeutics. This is the next evolution of vaccines, Robert. What they're doing, this isn't about a disease. This is about them getting from point A, which is a needle that people are getting hesitant about because they're afraid of, like, oh my gosh, this is really bad, to... Well, what if we just make patches that that a doctor doesn't even need to give to you? Maybe it's distributed to your front door via shipping. You don't even need a doctor involved. Now you can just put this thing on yourself. It doesn't hurt. They're micro needles. You don't even feel them. You won't know what's in them. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, nanotechnology is being used to where you can ultimately have this set up to the cloud. Yeah. This is this is your evolution. And it's, I know it sounds terrifying, and there's even more deeper details that we're going into, but like you said, this started off with a cow, with lymph fluid, with white blood cells, pus, et cetera. Yeah. We're just going to their next evolution, which is, oh, let's get away from a needle. Let's make a patch because then for, if it's a patch... You know how many more vaccines they can make, Robert? Do you know how many more diseases they can unleash and just say, "Oh well, we have a patch for that." you just yeah. have to put out a, and then they start putting multiple vaccines in one patch, so you just have to wear one patch. Mm-hmm. And it's super easy, and all of a sudden you're immune to everything. It, it,
0: well, it sh- comes back to again uh, the issue of trust, and I opened the story today from the BMJ about. How do we gain the trust? There's so much vaccine hesitancy. Part of the strategy you're pointing out is let's make them less scary, less objectionable. But at the same time, the people behind those things are the same people behind the previous version and the previous version and the (laughs) entire history that we have not been taught. That's why I brought up Harris Coulter and, and Divided Legacy. The whole history of medicine in America was erased they didn't even have to rewrite it. They just had to erase the fact that homeopathy was a mainstay. In the 20th century, in the early 20th century, you went to medical school, you went to naturopathic school, you went to homeopathic school. You know, you might have gone to an allopathic school, but they weren't a, a dominant force. They weren't a monopoly. And it wasn't because until the Flexner Report in 1910 and all the money that flowed in based on the uh, official pharmaceutical training, patent medicine, that it became an alteration of history so that they could create a new a world that never existed, one that adopted one form of medicine that wasn't even about healing, wasn't even about addressing the real cause of disease, except that what it did was to cause more disease in the management of the disease that may precipitate their introduction of new medicines that would suppress symptoms so rapidly that in the 20th century, like, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. And we didn't have, I believe, a spiritual foundation to resist. And that, that, what I mean by that is recognizing that the medicine of man to synthesize and alter nature in such a way is an abhorrent practice. Now, if we go back into the Bible, you might look at, you know, and say, well, kosher laws, kashrut, it's kind of out of date because they don't include talking out against pa- pesticides and genetic engineering and, and, and other things. But I think if we look deeper into it, it could easily be extrapolated to that, even though they didn't have the language for it. Cause we had, we weren't doing it in the same way back then, but yet you bring it up again, the spiritual crisis. If we don't have a spiritual foundation, then we are manipulatable through fear, through suggestion, or we begin to worship the mind, which isn't God. And it could deceive us into thinking we're, that smart that we can do things without consequence. And then we have governments like governments of old that our founders warned us against the uh, uh, emperors, the you know kings and queens, the established a form of government. So we wouldn't have that anymore. And now we have an oligarchy, as Jonathan E. Moore described it and written about it, that is doing the same thing as emperors and kings and queens of old eliminating anything the king or queen says that shall not be and mandating the use of everything that could be completely wrong, but that is guaranteed to weaken and enslave us.
3: 100%. And and I always say this, we, because we, we have a public right now and I think, so I was told the other day, it was a 70% vaccination rate in America. I don't, we don't think that's totally true because we, we, a lot of it's thrown away. Right. I think probably 50%, et cetera, is, is about what, what people got. But this goes back to this goes back to responsibility, right? And and we have about a fourth grade literacy level in America, which is a real, real problem, right? Um, we are <laughs> we are headline readers, we are reels watchers. That's what it's kind of become. And, you know, biblically, <laughs> uh, for lack of knowledge, my people will perish, right? And I think we are in a world spiritually where I, you know, most people who are doing their spiritual research are going. Oh well, it, that just means bye-bye. If uh, you know lack of knowledge spiritually, I'm gonna perish. No, la- lack of knowledge and I'll perish is you going to the grocery store <laughs> and buying Doritos <laughs> instead of some pasture-raised beef and eggs. Like y- you're you're building disease in your body. Well, at the same time, I- I'm still shocked by this. I mean, we you I know you were, but in 2020, we were screaming that they were going to come out with a vaccine for COVID before they even did it. We just knew it was coming. And I, I was under the impression, probably you too, that we were, that people were awake enough to see that there's something wrong here. They're not going to take it. And then when it came out, the messaging was so good. I was stunned. Mm -hmm. How many people ended up taking it. But on top of that, it wasn't even taking it because they were liberal or they were mainstream, mainstream media watchers to this day. I have people that come in my office. They let us know that they had it. They didn't want to take it. And we asked them, well, why did you take it? I'm not judging you, but why did you take it? Mm -hmm. One, they were terrified of losing their income, right? Which is a problem, but at the same time, Are we really tied to this matrix so badly that you're, you're, you're willing to take a unknown chemical into your body because you want to keep your income when there's plenty of jobs out there. Number two, Mm -hmm. which was the worst. And this was a, this was right behind uh, work. I wanted to travel. That's what they said. I wanted to go on a cruise, Robert. Yeah. And I go, and I go, that is the ultimate, in my opinion, this is my viewpoint. It's not Robert's probably, Talk about the ultimate irresponsibility in life and to go, well, I just wanted to go on a cruise. (laughs) So you're you're willing (laughs) to listen to psychopaths, people that literally have a laundry list of lawsuits for killing people from multiple, multiple, countless medications. But because you are a little uncomfortable and you got to get on your cruise you're going to take something that has ingredients that we don't even know what's in it. We have no long-term trials. Yeah. That's lunacy to me.
0: Yeah. No, I, I don't, I can't disagree with that. And it's, it's disappointing. And how many people, Jason, do you know that you were absolutely shocked because you would have said predicted certainly that person and that, I know them. Right. they're never going to fall for it. And they did. Tons. Nice. This really created a division of say who was really committed to the principles of what we would call natural health and healing, vitalistic views. Cause there are, you know, people in our kind of holistic professions that also went for it. So it was a shocker to say, you know, many people were superficially invested in real health and real prevention. And
3: I know chiropractors that did it, Robert. I know chiropractors that took vaccines Mm -hmm. and wore masks in their practice that were claiming that they were like supernatural, hardcore. I'm like, what is happening?
0: Yeah. So a lot of the predictions that we would have made, we were wrong about in terms of people, you know, and then it has to maybe help us to mature in assessing where people are at and not accepting the superficial realities of, well, they're obviously because they're a doctor of chiropractic that they... Don't assume that they know better. Don't assume that they were invested in even the training that they got getting to that point. And this, again, credentialism, even in the holistic field, doesn't guarantee somebody is really committed to those principles. We have to go deeper. We have to discern better. And that's part, I think, the maturation we're undergoing right now.
3: 100%. I mean, it really, it comes down to, I've- I've used the word enlightenment, consciousness, et cetera, but discernment, it really is discernment when something comes across and, and that goes back to culture too, which is, I, I actually think why America's in this situation to begin with is we've dropped our culture. I mean, if I, if I, if I walked into the Robert Scott Bell family between you and your wife and kids, I would bet you there's some, there's some rules. There's uh there's like a moral code and ethics in the house that you've lived up to and pattern that your children now, mostly foul probably the fact that like we do certain things this way you know this is this is our this is what we go by this is our our moral compass and our our north star etc right which I would expect probably very similar to ours the same thing in our house this is what we do right I'm noticing that I don't think American families which obviously has been destroyed the last several decades right Mm -hmm. I don't think and I and I because in my family like there would be like like we joke about vaccines because we're like, oh, the next one. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna put this in? What, like, like, never in a million years would we make a decision to take a vaccine, uh, even a medication, essentially at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have this moral code or this, 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 this rule set of rules or commandments in our house that we live by. But I don't think the majority of America is doing that, and I think it's and not all their fault. I think they've been. They've been distracted. I think they've been programmed. I think we've been taxed to the hilt. I think that families have been destroyed. Divorce. Uh, I mean, this is this is the Marxist agenda: is to get their moral code into families so that they yeah, throw yeah. that out and they go watch, you know, television I mean, for six hours a day. Versus, let's get on the same page and let's make better decisions as a family so that we're yeah. all protected and
0: safe. If you can destroy the nuclear family, you can destroy the foundation. That's right. Uh, and this is not for me. To say, oh, well, I'm condemning anybody who doesn't believe in it or live that way. That's not even what you're saying, Jace. No. But the attack on it as a basis for, you know, how do you? create more humans <laughs> you know in a way that you bring them up to understand right and wrong some kind of moral or ethical code etc and those things have been destroyed partly through the 20th century the growth of government that basically made it impossible near impossible as, as well the federal reserve uh, uh you know uh, issues of, of destroying the monetary sub, uh, system uh made it impossible for one person like the man to go out and work and and they have that nuclear family the uh, this is kind of what we kind of duplicated when my wife and I got married and we had kids and suddenly she's a doctorate level and said, I'm retiring. I'm Dr. Mom. I said, absolutely. And sure. and to give that ability to engage that way, to have our kids and, you know, people talk about my kids and go, it's not me bragging on them. I mean, I, I'm, I'll look at them and go, hey, kid, you're doing it wrong. But, you know, the point is overall, they recognize that there's been some sense of stability. They have critical thinking skills still intact and they know, You don't do this. That's just wrong. It's a basic stuff. Uh, so you take that and you go even further now with saying there's no such thing as gender. You talk about a Marxist philosophy to destroy culture altogether. Again, those of you who are out there as adults who live a different lifestyle that doesn't fit into what we're describing, I'm not condemning you. I believe in your freedom to live that way, Mm -hmm. but to completely condemn that which brought this culture to this point that there's been great innovation and major breakthroughs that are actually good. It's not all bad, but they're teaching us. It's all bad. We need to destroy it all.
3: hundred percent. And it's, it's discernment. I mean, just like you said, lifestyles, right? Like I I have friends that are different lifestyles than, like polar opposite lifestyles than I am. I mean, and and they're good people. They just live a different world than I do. Mm -hmm. And we have to get back to this America where, you know, like, Someone who's trans, even. I mean, I'm never going to treat you poorly. Um, but we have to stop the idea of okay, you can't do anything to our kids. You can't educate. You can't. You can't put it in front of our, our our population, and work on destroying or degenerating that. You can do whatever you want. I don't hate you at all. I may completely disagree with you. I have no. I have. Trust me, I don't have, I have energy. I have other things in life that I have to get done. I don't need to put energy on your life as well. Like you do whatever you want to just make sure that is staying out of the eyes of us. But it's really our children is what it comes down to.
0: They don't have the capacity that we do as adults to discern. Once again, we try to raise our kids to be able to do that. But if they're indoctrinated to believe there's no such thing as a, you know, a, a gender that you can just switch it by mutilating your body. Uh, Again, this becomes so obvious uh, what they're attempting to achieve. So disease X, as you point out, I believe it's not just a virus or not even a virus. It's everything that's supplanting what our connection is to divine wisdom, divine guidance, the things that are replaced when we live in fear, when we are deceived because we are not connected to that, which has created us all. And unfortunately then we act as if we're creations of these twisted people, if you will, scientists or even government or representatives of government. And therefore then we live as if uh, rights or privileges that can be revoked based on bad behavior. Then again, what is that bad behavior? Oh, you're not getting the injection. Oh, they won't let me go on a cruise. I can't travel. They won't let me work without it, et cetera. And those of you who withstood that, congratulations, congratulations. You know, you know, you're strong enough to withstand the greatest propaganda campaign in the history of of propaganda campaigns, perhaps. And they're not giving up. The question is, have we turned a corner? Can we defeat if we will not outright maybe because they're always going to attempt to do these things. But can we at least for the time being go, you guys, we see you for what you are and we're not falling for it anymore.
3: hundred percent. I mean, that's what it comes down to is awakening. And this is the good part. I really do, you know, it is, it is a daily frustration living out this, whatever you want to call it. Cause I know you deal with it as well. We've talked about it behind the scenes and events. Um, I do feel though that, and, and I say consciousness, cause I, I you know, I, we all have souls. We are a soul. We're what not our body, what? right? Consciousness
0: I, is a good word.
3: Right. But consciousness is a thing that everyone has and it's different necessarily from a religion. It's, it's, it's your understanding of life. It's who you are, et cetera. I do believe it's rising. I believe people are waking up. I think it's taking a little longer than we fully expected it to happen, but it is the good thing about this with disease X and whatever else they roll out. Yes. It's absolutely a propaganda campaign to get more and more people to succumb to what they're doing. But I think the good part is in social media for as bad as it is, it's also a fantastic tool. I mean, we're on it right now and we'll be sharing on it later Um, I think Americans, especially obviously the truthers and the patriotic people who actually love what this country is founded on, um, we are spreading the word and it's actually becoming more of a, uh, a joke than anything. Now, not a joke if they roll this stuff out hurting people, but Mm. we have to continue treating it. Yes, seriously, because I don't want people to get sick. I don't want them to take vaccines and, 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 and succumb to all that stuff. But at the same time, we almost have to have a level of comedy to this because we have to treat it as if it's a joke. So that people will wake up and realize it is a joke. This is disgusting. Mm -hmm. And we have to move on from this.
0: Yeah, yeah, we got to be able to find laughter in the midst of it or else we're all going to be crying and depressed. And I don't want that either. That's going to weaken our immune system and make us vulnerable to things we don't need to be vulnerable to because you pointed out the vulnerabilities. And that is it. Recognize, look in the mirror, find them out, shore them up, find ways. Uh, Listen to Dr. Jason Dean, learn from him. And by the way, Brave TV, when do they hear your show? Superdome, put that up on the screen so everybody can see it if they don't know yet.
3: BraveTV.com. So we're actually uh, we're actually launching the the brand new sites in a couple weeks, which is fantastic. So BraveTV.com is the current site that'll be flipping over. We'll be doing live, and at the same time, uh, the podcast is five days a week, Monday through Friday, noon Eastern time. We go to one or two depending on the content. Just yesterday, mm-hmm. Dr. Tom Cowan, we had a mind blowing hour conversation, and then Derek Johnson afterwards. Uh, today, we did some more stuff on potential lockdowns. Not again, again, not to be scary let's just educate people so we can bring that consciousness up and people can also start discerning and, and passing out to others because that's how we ultimately change this.
0: Yeah. Well, it's an amazing, this journey that we're on at this time and Jason, I'm glad I'm on it with you, my brother. It's been fun over the years connecting with you and seeing all the great work you're doing as well. And uh, you know, you're greatly appreciated here and you know, you're welcome here anytime.
3: I appreciate it. Robert is a mentor of mine since at least 2008. And one of the reasons I even started doing what I'm doing is because I watched what he did and I knew we need more voices out there, not because his wasn't big enough, but because we had to actually amplify this over. So I am forever in debt, everybody out there to what Robert's done because he is what put me on my path.
0: Well, Dr. Jason Dean, God bless you. Love you. Appreciate you, my brother and your family too. And I know you're going to keep up this awesome work and anytime we can connect, I think we're better for it. You got it, brother. appreciate you guys. All right, Dr. Dean here on the Robert Scat Bell Show. Check out Brave uh, TV. You got it linked up in the show notes, super done at robertscatbell.com. And it's always fun because, you know, when you, get, you can speak these truths and reveal these facts. Do you feel a little less scared or do you feel more scared, right? That's the thing about it. Test it out. That's a litmus. It's like, how do you feel after hearing, you know, the things we discussed? Are you are you scared? Are you a little bit emboldened? Like, oh man, it's not it's not the end of the world. It's not doom and gloom. I hope and pray that every time you listen to the things we cover on the Robert Scabell show that you feel more empowered than ever feeling disempowered. And if you ever do feel disempowered by something I present or we present, please let me know. And Super Don has the you know, ability to reach through his microphone and slap me upside the head if I did that, as my wife does, too. <laughs> so uh that's the thing if there's a litmus on the on this show I but hope the best i
1: could it. do is maybe a slap sound effect but yeah
0: you know. and, and, I, and then i'll know I'll rhetorically know I, speaking rhetorically speaking, you going speaking. don't go there anyway so that was fun to uh have a little reunion so,
1: got a message on rumble here uh, about your audio his audio was louder than yours <laughs> Again, uh, there just wasn't anything i could do about it so i apologize for that guys that'll be fixed in the uh podcast
0: Yeah, that still is a, you know, an issue here technologically. For whatever reason, I'm running through the roadcaster board you're running through, and I have no earthly idea why.
1: What happens when we have a guest on, sometimes they can turn their audio up and down. Most of the time they can't because they don't know how, because they're just talking through their computer, Um, and it's kind of complicated. But in this case, Jason, I mean, it was loud, Uh, Mm. but it was not like, blowing your drums loud if there, was, there, there, there was a difference and I had him bring down the level and it seemed like every time he brought it down it just was back up I have a feeling there was an auto gain going on there somewhere gotcha. All right. electronically you. so in any case
0: yeah, well, thanks for any time that happens. Be, feel free to let Super Don know about totally. it. Totally. We, we want to make it better. But as you do you in post-production, when it comes into the... Uh, for those of you listening later on the podcast, you're like, I don't know, it sounded pretty good to me. It's because Super Don has manipulated the audio levels and they're all balanced. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, we do have a homeopathic hit of the day coming up. Uh, I don't know if we... We have some interesting questions and comments. I don't know what we'll get to today. Uh, and you know, one of the comments... They came through and we're not going to go into it in detail, but it was kind of cool again to, to see a comment coming in from somebody who started listening to the Robert Scott Bell show when they were in their teen years. You know, I've been at this long enough now that a lot of kids have grown up with the Robert Scott Bell show, which is right. weird to me. I, you know, 25 years in and, you know, I'm hitting my, uh, I guess, the, the 58th anniversary of the uh, arriving on planet Earth in this lifetime. And I have to say, I'm feeling as good as I ever have. And I'm not trying to be cocky when I say that because I'm humble about my health. I've been through a lot of challenges in my younger years and always trying to utilize the the things that help strengthen me uh, to counteract the things I didn't have, which was good health starting out in this lifetime. And if there's anything I'd hope that you'd see that my example can give you a lot of hope and and, uh, you know, steps you can take. Because if you got sick in the middle ages of your life or later in life, but were healthy most of your life, man, you were way ahead of me because I didn't have that starting point. And I had to claw my way back and find it. And then, like I said, all these years later, doing things that uh, if I have time here. Yeah, real quick. show. Do you have that picture I sent you from this morning? Uh, because apparently... Uh, I won the challenge of the week last week at the gym again. And I know super Don gets tired of it. I'm, I'm teasing. I know he you doesn't.
1: sent me a picture this morning.
0: I think I did. I, I don't mean, I'm see it. It's no, in last... Skype. Roll, roll up on Skype and you can grab it. But uh, I didn't know. I went in and I looked up the board. I'm like, Oh I, yeah, I did. I won last week again. And now this week is the crazy challenge of the week, which is every, they call it the max out every round full on. Yeah, I got and enough. I was like, Dude, I was feeling it, and today I'm feeling <clears> I'm <throat> sore. My muscles are sore on the muscles that are sore. And the last yet,
1: picture you sent me was you holding your pluck.
0: That was it? The pluck picture? That's it. Well, you can go ahead and show that. And let me see <laughs> if I can send this to you real quick.
1: <laughs> now, some people are going, wait a that's, minute, what?
0: That's a fun he, picture, he's What?
1: He's holding his pluck?
0: What does that mean? Is that yeah. okay to see? Ah, <laughs> here um, you go. Let's see if this one w- goes through for you. I hope it does. Sometimes these things are, there he what? is. Yeah. You got Hold, okay. holding his pluck. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Cause you just oh, sent it, out it, a no, big, it's uh, not open.
1: here. we go. There you go.
0: Yeah. You sent out a big email uh, about this, I think. And yes. this is a great way to get minerals from the grass fed, the organ meats and things, but in a, in a sprinkling along with the Redmond salt and uh, makes everything tasty and also gives you the minerals you're not getting from a lot of your other food. So anyway, so that's good. The other picture I wanted to show you, I think I just sent to you in Skype. See, Super D yes. so it might might have just appeared, uh, but my point in showing you this is to say, hey, if I started in the first 24 years of my life, I was chronically ill and debilitated, even though I did some stuff to be almost 58 and go to the gym, and there are 30 somethings and 20 somethings in there, and I'm I'm winning. It's like, and I'm not honestly, I'm not that competitive because if somebody beats me, I'm like. Eh. It's great. I'm glad for you. Rather than, oh darn, I lost. But in this case, it's kind of fun just to point out what's possible. Now, thanks to Cardio Miracle. Thanks as well to our friends at Nutritional Frontiers and their wonderful product, the super creatine. It's uh, it's definitely put on some lean muscle mass for me. Uh, This is a lot of fun to be moving at this age. Yet, even my mom, about to turn 90, moving, dancing. Thanks to the things we do here, the Cardio Miracle and the Folium products, foliumpx.com. If you haven't plugged into that, that that was a major breakthrough for my mom post-COVID where she was def- she was fading. And then uh, Bob re her the Folium. She got on it two weeks later. It's a little over a year ago. She called me. It's like uh, two weeks in. I'm sleeping better. I got more energy. What's going on? New Year's Day, 2023, dancing. January 29th, 89th birthday, dancing. Now we're about to hit January 29th, her 90th birthday planning to dance and so we'll have some uh probably do some live video from her party on sunday the 28th uh so if you're in the atlanta area and want to join in on the festivities let me know or reach out to super don we'll get you plugged in so uh can we squeeze in the homeopathic hit we got a little flexibility here
2: yes playing all of the homeopathic hits every day right here on the robert scott bell show
0: That is the sound effect for today's homeopathic hit. (laughs) Hurl, Ralph, what? You know, start the homeopathic hits that way. Well, if you do, you want this remedy. It's Ipecacuana. And, of course, you all know syrup of Ipecac. Everybody, if if you've been old enough, you, you realize that that's used to induce vomiting. And it is actually a plant. This homeopathic hit is uh, on Ipecacuanha. It is a plant. Thanks to Nutritional Frontiers, Folium PX, the Trinity School of Natural Health for supporting us to do this, and you can see that little image in the in the headline for the homeopathic hit. There it is. And then you get these get little berries, man. You ate them, you were going to throw up. Super Don reminded me that somebody was doing a challenge that they thought they could overcome this, and they ingested some uh, of
1: it. Oh, it was a YouTube thing, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that was something to watch, boy.
0: Yeah, and no, you're going to vomit with Ipecac. <laughs> but the, the irony, of course, or Maybe the uh, the law of similars, like cures like, indicates that if you have nausea, intense nausea, the homeopathic remedy that would remedy that would be the same thing, Ipecac, in a homeopathic form. So open up the PDF, Super Don, for everybody to see. And this is uh, the homeopathic hit. It's not. Uh, comprehensive. Obviously, there's a lot more to any of these remedies, but uh, give you an opening salvo to understand that Ipecac is a homeopathic remedy often used for persistent nausea, vomiting, and even certain respiratory conditions are indicated in its use and its therapeutic application. The origin of this is a plant. Uh, It's derived from this Ipecac plant, native to South America, and we use it in its highly dilute form, so it doesn't cause the nausea and vomiting, but can reverse it, interestingly enough. Key characteristics, if you know, read up on Syrup of Ipecac, what does it do? It would be indicated to treat persistent nausea and vomiting. And, uh, you know, especially if it's not relieved by vomiting, and you're still nauseous. Like, dude, that's awful. Take some homeopathic Ipecac. It's also indicated in case of respiratory conditions with spasmodic coughing and wheezing. Of course, irritability and stress and the mental issues as well to be considered. Primary uses here. Again, quick hit on the homeopathic uh, remedy, Ipecacuana, is uh, nausea and vomiting, uh, particularly if it doesn't ease even after vomiting. Normally, if you have food poisoning and you vomit, hopefully you're done. Uh, There are other things to do. You can put out a, a, you know, a fire like a food poisoning fire with argentum Metallicum in the hydrosol form like Sovereign Silver Argentin 23. But in this case, the homeopathic Ipecac would be great. Respiratory conditions, bronchitis, asthma, whooping cough, spasmodic coughing, difficulty in breathing could indicate Ipecac whether you're nauseous or not. And even hemorrhages, certain types of hemorrhages accompanying the nausea could be helped. Now, if you have the right remedy, that's more important than the right potency. As we scroll down here and look at dosages and potencies, I tend to defer to the lower potencies first. But, hey, if you have a 30C or a 200C, whatever, take it. If you are in the midst of these, the throes of intense nausea and vomiting, no harm in doing so. Uh, if you're dealing more chronic issues, then, you know, do consider consulting with a homeopath that may be able to be trained to go deeper for you in helping you recover. As we move on down the road here on the PDF document, which is free for download in the show notes at robertscatbell.com, you'll see there are complementary remedies to consider. If we if we look at the lung aspects of Ipicacuana, we might look at one of my favorite remedies for the lungs and coughing, Antimonium tartaricum. And this can be used for mucusy, uh, difficulty, expectorating situations. Another remedy to consider more along the lines of nausea and sickness would be arsenicum album gastrointestinal disorders, if there's nausea and anxiety and exhaustion as well associated with this. And then I threw in there as well, Nux Vomica. It's an adjunct remedy for stomach, digestive upset, and intoxication. So again, this is not comprehensive. You guys might want to pick up a Materia Medica, or you might not want to because it's very complex. And some of you go, oh, it's over my head. But I'm hoping that you have it because one day you might go, well, I want to look a little bit deeper into the remedy I heard today on the Robert Scott Bell show. Now, it's advisable not to self-prescribe for serious conditions, and if uh, you know, have an ongoing lingering issue or worsening issue, please consult the healthcare provider of your choice. And as we wrap up this homeopathic hit today at Pecacuana, valuable homeopathic remedy, particularly for treating persistent nausea, vomiting, various respiratory ailments as well. And if you'd keep tuning into the RSB show, you get more insight on this. And if you can submit questions even further or join us on our monthly Zoom AMA, which is happening tomorrow, the 24th, if those of you listening or watching live on the 23rd of January, 2024, and you can become part of our patron supporters and you'll have access to the video version of our homeopathic hits, not just the download that you have available at the website, robertscatbell.com. Remember, this is not to replace a, a doctor if you have or want one, but it's informational, educational to provide fully informed consent options for you that you may not have up until this moment. Because we believe in your right and your freedom to choose the healing path that's right for you, your family, your kids. And no government, no medical doctor or anybody should should set that asunder, should tear it asunder. Your freedom to heal is what we acknowledge and and, uh, support here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, where I remind you that the power to heal is yours. This hour on the Robert Bell Show, an academician speaking out against cr- credentialism. I thought, wasn't that all? It's what you, you go into it, so you get a degree. What is that all about? Well, we got Rob Jenkins on. We covered his uh, uh, opinion piece over at Brownstone. Loved it so much. I said, you know, it would be great to talk to the guy on the air. We're going to do that this hour. Uh, from Georgia State uh, University and th- that area. He knows a lot of the areas I used to travel in, in the, in the Atlanta area, which I'm heading back to this weekend for my mom's 90th birthday. How cool is that? And uh, I want to, again, shout out to uh, John Hewlett and the family at Cardio Miracle for helping make that possible, as well as Bob Reoran and uh, his folium products are absolutely amazing. If you've had hit a ceiling in your healing and you want to break through, you're like, I'm doing everything and I can't seem to break through, Please consider folium. I wish you didn't wait this long, but hey, if you're here now, get on to foliumpx.com. Try the Folium Original, Folium Immuno, Folium Relax, all three products. It's a a triumvirate, and you can see, because if it can help my mom at 89 to 90 to break through and break free of things, what can it do for you? Remember the discount code RSB10. Also, Nutritional Frontiers has a lot of products that can help protect you from a lot of the harms out there in the environment, particularly the glyphosate that's ubiquitous, it's desiccating, you know, most grains that are, if they're not organic, oats, legumes, uh, you know, you you like falafel, make sure those chickpeas are organic. Otherwise, they probably come in with a lot of gly- glyphosate, punching holes in your gut. And that's why we love the NRDMG. They have lozenges, they have the liquid, and you can get that from nutritionalfrontiers.com. Remember the code RSB15 to get 15% off all of that as well. And uh, you will be richly rewarded as your health, your body will say, thank you. Thank you for protecting us. So with that, uh, uh, as we were talking about uh, vomiting last hour, not to uh, gross you out, but Super Don pointed out a, a, an episode of The Family Guy from back in the day. Apparently, what, what kind of drinking contest was that cartoon family doing that led to their need for homeopathic Ipecac?
1: I don't remember exactly. I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I just remember the scene yeah, um, where they, they drank Ipecac. And in, in true Family Guy uh, fashion, yeah, uh, it's it's something to watch uh, and probably get a kick out of. We, we, Cartooning we would,
0: gross, but yeah, we
1: would play it, but we'd probably get some kind of copyright ding or something. But in well, any also, case, it's, it's
0: funny to watch. Do you remember the Monty Python movie History of the World? I think it was in that movie there one of the you know they had a lot of different little segments. One of the ones was a restaurant and a guy just indulging, huge as the table itself, eating, eating, and he's finally done. You know, but through throughout the thing, I think there was the thing. Line was bring me a bucket. Oh. it was pretty <laughs> gross because they get you, 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 just one more thing, a little thin wafer, and he eats that, and then boom! It's it's like Family Guy explosiveness. It's all over. Huh? Yeah, a classic Monty Python gross kind of thing. But anyway, if if you ever find yourself in a situation like that, remember homeopathic Ipecac. Consider our album and Nux Vomica for that matter, and you'll get through it. You know, and, I think yeah.
1: ipecac is is a thing of the past. I don't think they even like recommend that anymore.
0: To vomit, to make yeah. you vomit.
1: I'm pretty sure that, that's. The I don't know. I, I mean, after. syrup
0: of ipecac. I thought every I family used to have that. It used to be, case. yeah, but I don't yeah. think they do anymore. If you wanted to induce vomiting. That was the way to do it. Yep. Anyway, well, these are the little tips you get that you probably won't get many other places in broadcast media.
1: <laughs> how <laughs> many How many shows are talking about ipecac today? One. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully Rob Jenkins will stick around. We'll get him in, in a few minutes if he's not grossed out. No, I think he'll be fine. Scare
1: him away with the. No,
0: no. We talk about all kinds of things here. So uh, there's a story out of Montana real quick. I want to hit. And this is this goes to the heart of what I call religious freedom. Uh, a foundational principle in America, if there ever was one, First Amendment enshrines it. Remember, it's not a, a right that the government granted you; it's a right that was uh, pre-existing government. That is your right to worship as you see fit, and and not have a litmus by the government going, "Well, I don't believe that." You know, it's like when did we get this idea that you had to submit your beliefs to government so you could get approval to not do something like inject synthetic foreign mRNA in you or uh, aborted fetal cell lines, whatever it is you believe about that. Any number of things, or just that, hey. I have a fundamental philosophy that my immune system is, is great. God gave it to me, and I'm not going to mess it up with you medical people. Okay? That should be enough in America, but apparently it's not. Now, even in Montana, you think a Wild West freedom state. Uh, there's been some efforts to expand uh, religious exemptions to vaccines, and it's prompted a political standoff, and I think there are even some not, – it's not just Democrats versus Republicans here. There are even some Republicans are concerned about this. Um, because it, both uh, Democrat and Republican legisla- legislators there on the, the Children, Families, Health and Human Services Interim Committee voted on January 18th to renew their informal objection to the proposed child care licensing rule, which the committee has blocked since November. And, and what is this? What would this do? It would basically make it so that, you know, that the exemptions to vaccination would include preschoolers. That is where a lot of the daycare centers are operating. They're not at school age children, right? Kindergarten or, or you know, we're talking or younger nurseries, whatever. And, and right now there's no parent exemption. Like if you're not up to date on these childhood things, you can't send your kids there. Now, I wish that a parent could stay home so that you wouldn't need these daycare centers. But dealing with the reality as it is today, uh, what of those families that don't believe for religious or other reasons that they want to subject their children to this? This would open them up to have an opportunity that others have right now. Uh, and let's see the health department's proposal would also eliminate a requirement that childcare facilities and home infected uh, send home infected and unvaccinated children and staffers when someone at the facility becomes sick with a vaccine preventable disease. Now, this is an interesting controversy because, you know, I've sent my kids to uh, private schools uh, through their career in school. They're both out of school now. They're they're technically adults, 18 and 24 Uh, But we had uh, to go through some hoops to get exemptions based on my belief system and pretty much not a problem. I remember back in Florida when we moved from South Florida, to Central Florida, I went into the health department to get, you know, say um, we're doing a religious exemption and they said, wait here. And they sent in a nurse who was like six foot five to intimidate me. And I'm looking up at this dude. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, I can run circles around anything you would try to say about vaccines and immune system. And it ended up, he was very apologetic. He's like, they send me in here to do this. I don't like it. But anyway, th- that was that. But one of the things that they said, well, all right, if you're not vaccinated, then we have to send you home. Let's say there's an outbreak. And I would go, well, eh, okay, fine. I don't really care. Have my kids at home when other people are sick. But in this case, they would acknowledge that there's something called natural immunity, something that Fauci and others denied during COVID natural immunity, that's a conspiracy theory. You, that's crazy talk, natural immunity. It's like, well, look at all the people that relied on artificially induced immunity through COVID injections. How well are they doing today? It's not even a close contest. Relying on the natural order of the universe is far superior than trying to trick nature by injecting things previous to mRNA was antigens. Along with a lot of other things that are you wouldn't put in a baby's bottle to drink, you'd be arrested for for attempted harm or or worse. Uh, yet they've been doing that for years, and because it was a religion, not a science, people just kind of believed it. Even the doctors didn't look into it. Now that the COVID scenario and disaster has occurred, many of my friends who are physicians that didn't you know agree with me on my position as a naturopath, homeopath, uh, were like now going, look at Peter McCullough, the most. Well, it's published cardiologist, I think currently on planet earth. And and he comes on this show after, you know, having a number of discussions and looks around and goes, you know what? I was fully vaccinated. My kids were fully vaccinated, but my grandkids will get none. Not just the COVID because he's looking back and going, we were lied to, we were deceived about the whole science. And those of us who pointed out that there was no gold standard placebo testing were shouted down as, you know, whatever, not scientific. It's like, we were the ones trying to push the science. Where's the validation. And Look, I believe in your right to choose how you want to go through your life and and for your family, although arguably the mRNA injections, there is no way you can warrant their existence in any marketplace at all, especially one that has been uh, uh, corrupted by an FDA that is fully captured by these uh, industries that are putting out things that are showing only detriment, no benefit. Again, you might believe differently than me, but if we would have Let's say freedom, the free flow of information, then doctors wouldn't have been shouted down and threatened with loss of license or fines or otherwise for simply saying, you know what, we ought to treat these symptoms before they end up in the hospital and put on a vent and killed with remdesivir. You know, talking about hydroxychloroquine and uh, uh, rem not remdesivir, that was the run death is near, but the other one, which is, uh, oh dude, how did I how did I blank out on that other one? Paxlovid. No, not Paxlovid. I, I want Go ahead. the. The, the anti-parasitic, you got hydroxychloroquine and- Oh, ivermectin. Man, thank you. Just went away for You're a You're welcome. Minute. But remember as well, I talk about the minerals that are lacking because people were put on such high doses of, of zinc and vitamin C, wiped out their copper. Guess what? Copper is an anti-parasitic too. More efficient at micrograms than milligrams of these drugs. Could we have supplanted the copper and done as well or better than even those benign drugs relative to others? Just saying. Just things I think about, put out there to the world for consideration. Also, if you're suffering with long hauler syndrome or whatever you believe that to be, uh, we're working on an a, a online summit, if you will, to, re- to re- reveal some of the things that are not being revealed and help people that need the help. And so that's an ongoing thing. So stay in touch with us. That's why you want to sign up for the, the newsletter here at the Robert Scott Bell Show. And if you will, just uh, text my initials RSB to the number 66866 double six eight double six will get you a prompt if you text rsb it'll prompt you to enter your email address and then you'll be plugged in so you won't miss any of the announcements the great uh, opportunities we have for healing and seminars and, and even products and discounts so please consider that and one more thing before i bring in uh rob jenkins and i'm excited to talk with him in just a moment here we are going to do our monthly zoom ama ask me anything for our patron supporters. And you guys that are on your Patreon, please let everybody know how much fun we have together. And also many of you have been given gifts far superseding what you've given us. And I'm happy that I can do that. And that's thanks to some of our great sponsors that donate things that we can give away and say thanks to you guys. So the trivia questions, the fun stuff we do, in addition to questions you get to ask that we can't do on the air. We'll do that tomorrow. That'll be the 24th of January, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So go to our Patreon page. There's a a banner at robertscatbell.com. Now, the collapse of credentialism. I just love the alliteration there. And I immediately said, this Rob guy is a cool guy. I want to talk to him. Plus, he's another Robert. Why not? Rob Jenkins, associate professor of English at Georgia State University and Perimeter College and higher education fellow at Campus Reform. The author and co-author of six books. And uh, we have them linked up, including many of his articles at Brownstone Institute. And I'm like, Rob Jenkins, you are one of those credentialed people. And you're talking about, man, maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be. Or maybe I got that wrong. Rob, welcome to the Robert Scabell show.
2: Thank you very much, Robert. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Well, it's good to see you. Good to have you on board. And like I said, I've, I've been quote unquote credentialed a little bit, but I look at what I got. And I realize after I graduated at one of those Ivy league schools of the South, I had to unlearn most of what I learned to know what I know today. I'm like, Oh man, credentials, maybe not all cracked up to be what we thought.
2: Yeah, I've got a couple of credentials myself, but I um, I don't think they necessarily mean thing that they used to mean, or you know, maybe a better way of putting it is that the, the whole system has been co-opted. Um, mm. You know, I've, I've been in education all of my career, my wife too, she was a middle school teacher. And I think I first started noticing this in, in my own career when uh, people in higher ed, would get degrees, the, the the purpose of which was not to increase their learning or, or, you know, to advance knowledge is what it's supposed to be all about, but they mm-hmm. would get, get degrees just so they could get that next job, just so they could move up the ladder. And that always made me scratch my head a little bit. And that's more common in um, on the student services side than it is on the academic side. As my friend um, Stanley Ridgely has pointed out in his book, Brutal Minds, which I, I highly recommend to your listeners "Brutal Minds" by Stanley. Reed. He's a professor at um, uh, Drexel University in Pennsylvania, and he is just he's he's really nailed it. Um, but it's getting more and more common on the academic side, and of course, it's been common in K twelve education for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times my my wife would tell me sort of teachers who, first of all all were very young and new and in many cases, frankly, weren't very good at teaching, but then they went back and got that credential. The next thing you know, they're an assistant principal and they're moving up the ladder. And so, you know, it, it isn't necessarily, you, people on the outside might look, look at the system and say, well, the people that get to be principals or the people that get to be deans or the people that get to be presidents of universities are obviously, you know, the ones who were best at their jobs. And, and that isn't true at all. And a large part of it is because of this system of credentialism that we have, where people substitute degrees for actual knowledge, experience, wisdom. That's a big one. Hmm. Um, and so that—that's what prompted me to write about this.
0: Yeah, Rob, the the idea of pursuing knowledge for knowledge's sake—I mean, I think that's a high calling, and and I'm I dig it, man. I I enjoyed certain aspects of what what I learned, but a lot of it was. Just groupthink. It turns out it wasn't about you know innovating beyond the status quo. It was about shaping you to maintain and stop asking questions about the status quo when you had like some real concerns about what the conclusions are to this point. And so there's been a lot of dare I say mediocrity in, in the system. In other words, to excel and exceed, it isn't because you're really excelling and exceeding in your endeavor, but uh, and breaking through things. In fact, it's because you're complying with everybody else and maintaining the sameness.
2: Absolutely. And of course, it becomes even more alarming when it moves out of education and into things like like uh, engineering and medicine, as we've seen over the last few years. Uh, I wrote a piece for Town Hall almost three years ago called The Technocratic Fallacy, in which I argue this very point that we look at somebody like Anthony Fauci, and he has risen to the top of his bureaucracy. And so, you know, he was being widely lauded as, you know, America's doctor and our our top virologist, and 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 I said, no, he's not our top virologist. The top virologist is working for some private company, someplace making a million and a half a year, or you know, a, a really outstanding medical doctor or virologist at a top medical school can make a lot more money than a federal employee. And I and I know that Fauci makes more money than your typical federal employee. Oh, so, um, the the very best doctors, frankly, are not going in to uh, to. Government agencies, and so that 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 was always false. And you know, how do you move up in a bureaucracy? Anyone who who's ever worked in a bureaucracy, sometimes there there are exceptions. There are cases where people who are genuinely the best at their job are able to move up the ladder. But there's so much politics involved that mm-hmm. generally the people that rise to the top are the ones who are best at politics. And of course, politics has to do with sucking up to the people above you. Um, you know, throwing the people under under you under the bus, under the bus so yeah. that, you know, stepping on their fingers on your way up the ladder. I mean, that, that's what politics is all about. And so we have this system where the people who are at the top and supposedly know the most don't. And that became glaringly apparent during COVID mm-hmm. when these people are telling us things that um, that even in many cases, even at the time, were obviously untrue to anybody paying attention But certainly over the past few years, everyone has come to recognize that so much of what they were telling us, you know, Fauci's test before Congress just a couple of weeks ago where he admitted that the whole um, six foot rule was just pulled out of thin air.
0: Isn't that great? You know, we we ran into so much trouble because you go into grocery stores and they had all these things you're supposed to step on um you know even at airplanes getting on an airplane step six feet apart then of course you're sitting on each other's laps i mean there's so many absurdities walking into a restaurant with a mask sitting down taking it off uh and you know i don't know if you ran into any uh uncomfortable situations where people looked at you or yelled at you because you didn't comply you were an inch too close come to find out as we predicted there was no scientific basis for it to begin with
2: no and i and i enough of a contrarian that i used to walk the wrong way on the grocery store aisle just to just to say, say would say anything to me, but I mean this. This had real consequences. Restaurants couldn't operate at capacity, and a mm-hmm. lot of them, a couple of our favorites here locally, went under. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I guess that's not a huge thing in the grand scheme of things, but it, 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 uh, it ticks me off a little bit because it, it didn't need to happen. Um,
0: but it was coming from academia. Once again, the, the collapse of credentialism. Look at who was promoting this, the highly credentialed PhDs and even MDs. And they're not infallible. In fact, they're more often wrong. And in the whole the evolution of science is that everybody that preceded this, were wrong. Now there's a new understanding. And, and yet they also point to something called consensus, which is like democracy in science. We voted on what's the truth. And 51% said this, 49, so you're screwed even if you're right. You know, all of these things that have, uh, what I would say, diluted the pursuit of knowledge. You realize once you're really pursuing it, you're going to be destroyed in academia for doing it.
2: Yeah, and, um, you know, even the people who give them, you know, give some people some amount of credit for genuinely wanting to do the right thing and perhaps even being genuine experts in their field but Mm
0: -hmm.
2: one of the characteristics of being an expert is you know an awful lot about a very very narrow field yeah yeah. Um, that that's what a phd prepares someone to do is is to look at a very narrow field and so they might be an expert but they don't have any idea of what's going on around them they
0: can't change a light bulb in other words yeah it's yeah some basic things they don't have Common sense I mean, they, is lost. They,
2: I, I said to my wife early on, talking about the field and, and Fauci and and uh, Redfield and all these other people that were you know dictating to us what we had to do, and so much of it didn't make sense, except perhaps from a very narrow medical perspective. But as we now know, really not even that. But at the time, okay, mm-hmm. that's that's what they thought. But I, I, I made the point. Um, Who was it? Was it Maslow who said, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail? nail. Yeah, exactly. And I I came to revise that a year or so later when I saw what what a bunch of bumblers they were. I said, "I, I guess if you have a hammer, everything looks like a thumb. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's great. I hadn't heard that, Rob. That's excellent. We're talking with Rob Jenkins. Again, uh, uh, he's a, a, a writer, an academician that's uh, really speaking, I think, uh, a lot of clarity and, and common sense about this issue. Uh, you know, I don't throw these things out. In other words, I'm not going to denigrate somebody that has a degree just because they have a degree. I'm just pointing out that in many ways they pontificate on things for which they are either totally wrong on or don't know actually about. They're kind of expanding on like Fauci suddenly becomes an expert on so many things he had no expertise not being a a medical doctor even seeing patients while many of these doctor friends of mine were seeing patients and going, everything he's saying is wrong. But who are we listening to? The anointed one, right? We have become so worshipful of authority. You know, that's why we have the rise of authoritarianism in America. And by the way, if you haven't read this book, my good friend Jonathan E. wrote this uh, last year, The Authoritarians, Uh, This is about the history of progressivism in America from the 19th century to today, their assault on individual liberty, the Constitution, and free enterprise. And uh, this really goes into a lot of, uh, you know, historical uh, significance as we understand how we got here. Like the things that happened, like even with COVID, didn't happen just like that. It's like decades or generations now have been programmed to believe these authoritarians, even if they don't have actual facts to support their uh, contentions, and we find out that in COVID, clearly most of them were wrong.
2: Yeah, it's it, it, that's a point that I made in a, in a column I just wrote today, actually, where where I said that um, we have basically farmed out our common sense, and uh, this goes in that I, I heard you say while I was in the waiting room during the break, uh, while I was backstage, uh, we basically have just turned over our common sense, and you know, so many things. I think a lot of us kind of cocked an eyebrow and and said really that's the thing we should be doing it doesn't make any sense but you know oh i get, the experts are saying so so okie dokie and now you know a lot of us like a perfect example is um wearing your your mask into a restaurant and then taking it off to eat and then putting it back on to go to the restroom and it, it's hard to look back on that and not feel like an idiot
0: it's, it's embarrassing.
2: it's embarrassing it, it was idiot. um There was never any science behind it. Um, It had no impact on anything. Uh, You know, getting back to credentials for a moment, I mean, it takes a lot Mm -hmm. lot of time and effort to get a degree or a PhD. And and I have a tremendous amount of respect for that. But um, I I think there are two problems. One is the one I just mentioned, where you have such a narrow view that you don't see anything else. You don't see the economy. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. think about uh, the Bill of Rights. You know, all you think is that all you think about is this one possible path, and and that's that's all you're focused on. And very often, what happens is you end up doing way more harm than good. Exactly what I think happened. The other problem is that all of these professions become kind of echo chambers. Uh, you know, where um, you're, everybody goes you know, to graduate school and they're taught the same things by professors who studied under other professors. And there's just like this, this one way of looking at things. And then you've got the peer review system. Um, you know, people get really um, on their high horse about, oh, this is a peer reviewed article. Well, oh, OK, who reviewed it? Who are the peers? Because peer review is only as valuable as the peers who are reviewing it. And if, mm-hmm. if peer review just becomes a kind of echo chamber of its own right. or it becomes a kind of um, litmus test, you know, you, uh, this will only be published if you say the things that we think you ought to say, already believe. If you question our, any of our assumptions here, then we're not going to publish. Um, if you touch on all the right phrases, you know, the, the, the buzzwords of the day, So I mean I know academics who are writing things that have absolutely nothing to do with um, so-called diversity, equity, and inclusion. Nothing to -hmm. do with it, and yet they know to get that paper published, they've got to give a little nod to diversity, equity, inclusion. And it's 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 just it's not it's nuts, and it's a system that that ultimately breeds failure because Mm -hmm. people aren't really doing their best work. They're doing what they think can get published, and that means going along with what other people in their in their field say, yeah. which to your point is exactly the opposite of what science ought to be. Science throughout mm-hmm. history is the story of people going going against the current narrative and saying, yes, um, no, you know, I, I don't I, I don't think the world is flat. I think the world is round. And, you oh, know, don't being, open up that can of worms. <laughs> yeah, be, being being vilified for it and their lives threatened and thrown in jail and all, but but yeah. they stuck by it and eventually people came to see the truth of it. Um, but that that's how science works. It, if if you're not questioning the orthodoxy, mm-hmm. then it's just that yeah. it's orthodoxy. It's it's not science. It's not. And it I, I use the word science here called. as broadly yeah. as possible. I'm referring to really any branch of learning. Um, sure.
0: And we talk about the church of pharmaceutical mysticism because much of modern medicine has existed in an echo chamber monopoly for profit and denigrated anything that preceded it. That may have tremendous legitimacy, as I've found in my journey into homeopathic medicine. And, you know, I'd never heard the word homeopathy. And I found out I graduated from Emory. They taught homeopathy in the medical school curricula up until 1949. How about that? They were one of the last holdouts in America as a medical school to teach it after the Flexner Report of 1910. Because Southerners were dumb. No, because we actually were stubborn enough. I'm a, I talk as an adopted Southerner to to kind of resist uh, certain uh, uh, impulses to just do what everybody else does. But the uh, idea here, of course, as you point out, in academics is to push the envelope and break through to the other side of uh, you know a new understanding of something, which used to be you know go back Copernicus, Galileo. How about Ignace Semmelweis? I mean, why aren't we learning about the guy who said to his fellow medical doctors of his day, you know what? After you cut up the cadavers, and before you go deliver the babies, please wash your hands because right. I think you're bringing that and it's causing mortality, infant mortality. These women are dying of infection after. And he was, oh, was he attacked viciously, ended up dying in an asylum penniless. And of course, everybody now acknowledges, yeah, it's pretty good to practice good hygiene if you're cutting people open. <laughs> you know, this is the kind of thing that we have in history. Anytime you have a consensus and a dominant paradigm, it tends to want to defend itself and not innovate because it threatens the status quo of those who have achieved the highest levels. Somebody comes along and shows that they're wrong. Oh, man. Uh, and this is what we see, unfortunately, in the medical allopathic monopoly today, which is why we ended up, I believe in so much trouble through COVID because voices that were shouted down included chiropractors, naturopaths, homeopaths, herbalists that are, they're not real doctors, but why and how did that happen? That what didn't happen naturally. It happened artificially through inducing monopoly.
2: Right. And, you know, we all used to assume, I know I, I always assumed all my life that, um, an MD conferred a, you know, a a high degree of expertise, you know, those doctors really knew what they were talking about. Yeah. And, um, one learned during COVID is that a lot of them, quite frankly, didn't know what they were talking about. They, they might know a lot about, again, about a very narrow subject, but, um, you know, when you had medical doctors saying things that were manifestly not, not true, you know, mm-hmm. pushing masks, um, yeah. pushing these, uh, these jabs that are not true vaccines, trying to sh- trying to shove them down people's th- th- throats, and we're paying attention now. Know that all of that stuff, you know, it it, it was all a bad idea, and yet doctors were pushing it. Uh, hmm. I think in many cases it's because they they didn't really bother to do, do any research on it. They did with what they were told, and in many cases that was because of the you know the corporatization of medicine, where you just right. where it's it's just a um, uh, you know, it's, you just, you just shove people through It's um, you know, per patient. It's just an assembly line. You just push them through. Um, I have a family member who, uh, works in a doctor's office and she shakes her head sometimes about, you know, how these doctors just, they hardly spend any time with their patients. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, my wife and I, like an awful lot of people changed doctors during COVID mm-hmm. because the things that our doctor and it was a doctor we'd been going to for years. Um, the things she was telling us just didn't make sense to us. And then she started, um, berating us because we were hesitant to get them. And I just said, We need to find a new doctor. So we asked around among our friends and we found somebody who's a, um, a DO, not an MD, and mm-hmm. who is, is, who is more, um, in tune with, uh, homeopathy and, and, sure. you know, natural and things like that. Um, and, and he's, he's been absolutely awesome. And we were so nice. glad that we made that change.
0: Rob, yeah. I mean, you're in the Atlanta area still. Have you ever gone to the civil war museums that are plentiful in, in the South?
2: Uh, yes, I actually grew up in Chattanooga. So, okay, um, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, Chickamauga battlefield was right in my backyard. Right. I can remember yeah. as a as a boy um playing in the woods there at Chickamauga Battlefield. Uh I, I once found a a ramrod stuck in a tree. Wow. So you know, sometimes the soldiers would be in such a hurry to fire, they would fire their weapon before they even removed the ramrod. So this this ramrod was stuck about six or eight inches into this tree that had grown up around it. Wow. Um, and I think all those things have probably been found, all the the uh the mini balls and everything, people have been out there yeah. With uh, metal detectors since I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I was I was steeped in Civil War history and it was fascinating. Really enjoyed reading about Rob, it, learning about it.
0: Yeah, and the Rob. The reason I, I also bring that up in, in in terms of history, you know, when we realize that there are folks in academia or at some level that have rewritten the books or erased certain things of our history. Like when I went back, you know, I, I learned of natural medicine, homeopathy after graduating at t- the age of twenty four. And I went back to some of those museums, like even Stone Mountain Park. They have you know, a Civil War museum, history there. And I'm looking at the medical kits the soldiers had in the in the 19th century, and they were homeopathic. Right. What? How did I not you know go through all of that all the way to the high levels of 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 um, you know learning and not know that about our own American history? They erased certain segments of our history. You know, I until I uh, read uh, "Divided Legacy" by uh, Harris Coulter. This is a series of books about the medical history. It's like the unabridged version of history that wasn't erased. You're like, is this the same country? It, it is profound, Rob, how much, if you can just erase one little lineage in history, how much you can change the present and the future. And nothing has been more efficient, I believe, than the, the domination we've lived under in terms of pharmaceutical-only type medicine, the you know the pharmaceutical industrial complex going back to Rockefeller, Carnegie, et cetera, how they've efficiently erased history to, to redirect the future based on Now we don't know any of this. Now, a lot of people are learning about it because of what's happened. But again, being in academia, imagine if they erase certain aspects of history, what could it mean to how you train people into adult years to believe things that aren't necessarily based in fact?
2: Right, well, we've been erasing our history in in every field for years now. Uh, Orwell really nailed it. You remember the uh, the protagonist in his book, uh, Winston Smith, his job was to go into the, the ministry of truth every day and look at what the the government was saying that day and compare it to what they'd said in the past and and anywhere there was a contradiction to, to erase what was said in the past. Mm-hmm. And we see this going on around us all the time. Yeah, It's in a way we're fortunate to have the internet, you know, but the internet in some ways is easier to do that. But in other ways it makes it harder because people can go back and find the results seats and say no this is what you said three years ago right so yeah um,
0: Fauci's learning that and others but yeah
2: yes but it's amazing how they how they continue to gaslight even in the even in the face of of hard evidence of you know this is said and now this is what you're Mm -hmm. well I never said that um it's it's just it's it's really kind of stunning I, I think uh gaslighting has become the uh the new standard in, in our government and in the corporations and our bureaucracy.
0: Well, listen, I'm enjoying having this chat with you. Uh, Rob Jenkins is our guest this hour. A few more minutes of discussion here. I've got one more thing I want to hit in terms of the academia. Again, coming back to your credentialism uh, discussion, you know, collapsing. Uh, You know, again, I'm not into learning. I love learning, but I realize most of what I've learned is not because of academia and official degree type studies. Uh, And many are coming out, for instance, even with medical and nursing degrees, going to places like my friends at Trinity School of Natural Health, which is not quote unquote accredited in the same way, but you're learning about things that they're not teaching in medicine. And, and these doctors are now going, I better learn this because I'm losing all of my customers or patients because they don't want this anymore. They, they were, they've outgrown it. So one of the things, the control of, uh, of learning or indoctrination through the higher levels, college university levels is debt the economics of going to school. Now, there was a time in the past where not only the wealthy elite could go to these universities, and it was somewhat controlling in that sense. Uh, some of the things that happened in the 20th century maybe made it certainly more accessible, but a lot of it also made it, how would I how would I say, more controlling because in order to for people that were not of wealthy means to go to universities, they provided free money or low cost loans. And suddenly, the universities figured this out and they said, man, we could jack up our prices because these people aren't paying out of pocket. They're going to the government for unlimited funds. And now you see how cost prohibitive one year of college is. You know, when I went to Emory, I think the final year it was like $9,000. Now probably one year at Emory, could be $50,000 for all I know. It's like insane. So you come out in such debt that you are controlled by that debt, another means of control. If you don't do what we say, now we're not going to credential you or we're going to decredential you. You're not going to be able to work for, you know, the, the money you thought you were going to earn because you got the credentials because we got you. you. You have that debt. You're going to have to pay it. So that's another aspect of control, the narrative, if you will.
2: Absolutely. And because the government um, funds it, they can control what people study all they have to say is um no we're we're not going to we're not going to give you a loan to go to that school or to to you know to study uh, that field mm-hmm. we'll only give you loans to go to these schools and study so uh, you know they're they're sort of herding people into these um uh, into these pins um, yeah in, you know into into their manufactured control. echo chambers yeah, you know, I just, um, I, I just finished writing a follow up piece to the one you're referring to, the the one about credentialism, which basically Has that been
0: was published today. Is it published? Uh, I think
2: it's coming out Thursday for Campus Reform.
0: Okay, well, okay. definitely one let that, us know about it, so we can we yeah, share it with everyone. I will. The
2: one that you're referring to was originally published on Campus Reform, and then Brownstone picked it up, which I really appreciated. Gotcha. But, but the theme of this follow up piece is basically okay. So, yes, credentialism is collapsing all around us. Um, People in high places are embarrassing themselves. Uh, you know, it's becoming more and more apparent that the emperor has no clothes. Uh, but yet, a lot of people still need a credential. To do what they want to do in life—if you want to be a CPA, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a teacher, be an engineer—they um, still control the system, and you have to have that credential. So, you know, what do you do? How do you navigate that? And and I, I think the answer is you know, first of all, is that really what you want to do? Are there alterna- alternative pathways where you could do something that you would enjoy, something that would be meaningful? Um, that doesn't require one of those credentials. And if the answer is, yes, I do need one of those, those credentials, then, um, you know, this idea that you have to go to some big brand name school to get it is just, is just nonsense. Uh, hmm. You know, the most successful guy I know, he's a uh, He's a C-suite executive at a Fortune a Fortune 100 company. Uh, he got his accounting degree at a, at a no-name college, and then you know got on with one of the Big Four and just and just worked, worked his tail off and worked his way up. That mm-hmm. that can clearly be done. Um, there are a lot of other entities that provide credentials. Um, you know, if you're uh, if you're going to go to graduate, if you got to go to graduate school anyway, if you need a graduate or professional degree the best thing is to do your undergraduate local and cheap that's what i advise mm-hmm. people do yeah. it local and cheap start out wording. at a two year college Yeah, you know yeah. Uh, go to a state university go to a, a regional state university and, get, and study hard make good grades and then you can get into that that name brand graduate program if if that's what you want and and mm-hmm. that has a number of advantages for one thing it's a whole lot cheaper uh you won't come out in nearly as much debt and the other thing is you probably won't be exposed to uh you know nearly as much of the indoctrination right. as you would be at, at one now. of these uh, you know brand name programs
0: mm-hmm. and i would also uh encourage young people to look into entrepreneurial uh paths absolutely right? to, to yep. create something anew, to find a niche to find a need out there and fill it and not go into those realms where you end up indebted and enslaved to a debt that you may never be able to repay and therefore you know um, doing things that don't bring you happiness, right? The pursuit of happiness is part of the journey here in America. And uh, I don't want to see that restricted. And I encourage you to use your creative imagination. If you're listening now, if you're a young person, apparently we've had a number of young people grow up listening to this show. It's my 25th year. Started in 1999 in Atlanta, by the way, on WGUN 1010, the big gun, they called it. Uh, It was a Christian uh, radio station. I, I think it's still there. And then expanded from there. But gosh, it's hard to believe since that time how uh, radical my message was. And now it's not as radical anymore as people have recognized some of the things I've, ad- I've identified in my uh, young life. Now getting into those middle age years or whatever we call it, I don't know how to define that anymore either.
2: Well, w- one of the saddest things that you see these days is young people coming out of school with uh, 70, 80, a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt and uh, an utterly meaningless, useless degree. They can't do anything. Can't get a job. Um, mm-hmm. We've As as parents, as adults, as people with influence in the community, we've got to uh, get the word out to these young people that that is not the path to go down.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Critical thinking skills real quick as we wrap up here. I've enjoyed the conversation with you, Rob. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Yeah the idea of critical thinking when they come to you now, you're still academic, academicianing. <laughs> I made that word up, but yeah. uh, teaching, do you find kids coming out of high school, going into school, have critical thinking skills, or is that one thing that's been lost?
2: No, they don't. Even the really bright kids very often don't. And it's, it's not just coming out of high school. This is, this is something that I've written about. I wrote a book about this. Um, there are numerous studies, surveys out there of employers So on the one hand, you've got the colleges and universities claiming that they teach critical thinking. And then you've got the employers, on the other hand, when you survey them, saying, well, no, the people we're hiring uh, don't know how to think critically. They don't know know how to solve problems, which is what critical thinking means for them. Um, Part of that is because in in the university, we've largely replaced critical thinking with critical theory, which is not the same thing. that And I'm not even necessarily saying there's value in studying critical theory. There, there might be in certain contexts, but when employers talk about critical thinking, that's not what they mean. They mean the ability to brain and think through a problem, use logic and reason and arrive at a solution. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we're not teaching. Um, so in my small way, I try to Fill in that gap a little bit. I mean, I only have students for maybe fifteen weeks, so I don't know how much I can do. But it's a it's a personal mm-hmm. campaign of mine, and my, well, my book is called that. Think Better, Write Better. If anybody's interested, if you want to get oh, yeah. it for your for your kids, think
0: and, Think Better, Write Better. And yeah. Rob Jenkins. Think Better, Write Better. Denal, can the people find it on your personal website, or is that an Amazon book, or where would you recommend? Um,
2: they go? the you well Google it. You might be able to find it on Amazon. The publisher is Kindle Hunt. You can find it on their site it's, it's a little bit expensive because it's a textbook. And so, you know, that's their, that's mm. the textbook model. Uh, sure. I wish it were a lot cheaper, but, um, people might be able to find used copy on Amazon. But if, if you have a teenagers who's 16, 17, 18 years old, getting ready to go off to college or even a freshman in college, they're probably not getting this stuff in their college classes. Um, sure. w- one of the things I do on the side sometimes is, um, uh, corporations sometimes bring me in to do what they call backfill to talk to their employees mm-hmm. about writing, about critical thinking. And so I, I wrote this book specifically so that first from now, my students won't have to be sitting in a class like that after they've already gotten a job being backfilled because they didn't get mm-hmm. it in college. My my goal is for them to get it while I still have them in my classroom.
0: Yeah. Nice. Well, I do appreciate what you're doing and uh it's you know that proverbial breath of fresh air in academia that i thought when you when i saw your article on that i'm like dude we, let's see if we can get them on and i'm glad we did rob it's nice to connect with you and uh i really appreciate
2: uh, yeah. the opportunity i should probably say very quickly that the the opinions i've expressed here are not those of my employer so right i, I don't yeah. speak for them i speak for myself but i'm very grateful to have the opportunity to speak for myself and to be on your show
0: Amen, Rob. Thanks Rob Jenkins here on the Robert Scott Bell show. We have him linked up and now we've got that other book linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Uh, again, there are good people, even in those uh, areas where we might go, Hmm, if you can avoid those areas do, but you hope and pray that if, if, your, if your kids are going there, that they run into someone like Rob Jenkins uh, that thinks critically, and that is not inducing uh, your kids to further become uh collectivist Marxist uh, victims. Right. Uh, We got enough of those out there. So again, thanks to Rob Jenkins for being on board. Um, As we're wrapping up here, one of the things we talk about a lot is gut health and even gut intuition. And we know now about gut-brain connectivity and that even goes into the allopathic model to some degree. They acknowledge the the relationship between the microbiome and the brain and the nervous system and neurotransmitters. Now there's an interesting study that's come out here and we have it, uh, it's at Medical Express. You guys wanna check this out. Uh, higher use of any prescription medications is seen years before an official IBD, irritable bowel disease, diagnosis is made. Now, this is not surprising to me because what is the, you know, the subchapter in my book, Unlock the Power to Heal, that I wrote with Ty Bollinger, uh, I talk about gut health, and one of the the, the the subheadings is the road to colostomy bags is paved with antibiotics and prednisone. So, we see a lot of these medications inducing the very disease that they're claiming to try and prevent or treat. Okay. But this goes even bigger than that. As we look at this article and you can scroll down in here and this is out of uh, Denmark there, uh, something rotten in Denmark. Well, they find it, it's in your gut. Uh, the researchers found that the IBD group had a universally increased use of any prescription medications versus the match controls before the IBD diagnosis. Uh, And this is significant. We're talking about various uh, um, categories of drugs here. And let's see, I had them earlier. Let's see if they're listed here. Easy to find. Yes, Uh, uh, the the population showed two point times two point seven times more users of what we call immunosuppressant drugs, which are like prednisone, the steroid hormone drugs. Uh, 2.3 times more use of anti-anemic preparations. We've talked about the, the role of gut inflammation and microbiome imbalances in making absorption of minerals darn near impossible. So you end up with not truly iron deficiencies, more copper deficiencies. And 1.9 times more users of both analgesics and psycholeptics. We're talking about you know, non-steroidal and perhaps steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs as well, Before 10, ten years before diagnosis. What is going on here is that these people are self treating before official diagnosis because they have indigestion, they have gas, they have pain, they have constipation. This is my journey. This is not, oh, woe is me, little Scotty Bell was hurting. This is about the journey down the road to IBD and unfortunate surgical interventions when they resection your colon and then you have to poop in a bag. I'm not exaggerating in terms of colostomy bags. Uh, so, this is something that should be a warning. If you're on these medications, it's leading you down a path to brutal interventions if you rely solely on allopathic suppression, toxicological medicines. Now, if we look to on the Robert Scott Bell Show website, if you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, one of the simplest things you can do, you don't even have to buy the book. The chapter on the silver aloe gut recovery protocol is available at robertscabell.com. There's a banner, click on it. The PDF of that entire chapter come up with the validations as to why it's the most rapid route of remediation, restoring integrity to the home for the microbiome, the lining itself with silver hydrosol, aloe vera juice, how to do that, it's all there. And again, one of my journeys, Super Don, remember, one of my journeys in this calendar year 2024 is to, to update that because some of the products I recommended are no, maybe no longer available, uh, but I wanna make sure you have access to all the right things. So that'll be part of the process of what I need to do here. And I know that the first folks that will uh, will uh, will get that to will be those that are patron supporters. Just because I say thank you, it helps us to be able to take the time, spend the time beyond the show itself, to do the, the work to get this out to you and then eventually get it out to everybody. Remember, if you want to join us tomorrow after the show, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the 24th of January, 2024, if you're listening or watching the show live on the 23rd, our next Zoom AMA, we get to see one another. It's a wonderful community. I'd love to have you part of it. And if you've ever thought of, hey, I wonder if I can ask questions of RSB, me, right? Uh, there are, that comes in all the time. Can I consult with you? I Quite honestly, don't have a lot of time to do that. But in the AMA, it provides that opportunity. And it's not to say I would never reach out. And I do from time to time when I feel so moved, because it's like a healing ministry for me to do this, to reach out and talk to some folks off the air. But the best way to do it would be to become a patron supporter, submit a question there. We're gonna be front of the line, obviously. And also on our Zoom AMA, which is happening again, uh once a month we do that. It's a couple hours and we do a lot of giveaways, including you know, sometimes we get to give away some bioactive copper hydrosol, the Sovereign Copper. Sometimes we give away some uh, um, Cardio Miracle. We give away a lot of the Sovereign Silver and even Argentin 23, the gels and stuff. And um, sometimes we have special gifts from Nutritional Frontiers, really great stuff to give away. And that's just fun for me to be able to do that as a thank you to all of y'all for supporting us here in this message of health, freedom and healing liberty. All right, Don, as we wrap up the two hour show and then go into the bonus round, Any questions, comments, urgent messages through uh, Rumble or other things that I don't get to see as far as comments or questions?
1: Um, Urgent messages. No.
0: No? Okay. Good? I, I was
1: trying to come up with something funny, but I couldn't. Yeah. Right. Help on being held hostage in a Chinese <laughs> no. fortune cookie factory.
0: Yeah. Well, our buddy um, Chris and Steve, they're commenting great. I see on, on in the chat room as well on additional things when we talked about um, Ipecac. Uh, uh, it's
1: like the theme of the day now, right? Yeah. Everybody wants, wants to it. talk about uh, regurgitation. Hurling. Ralphing,
0: whatever it is. I yeah. think, wasn't it uh, the... the uh, what was the Saturday Night Live and they made it into a movie? Uh, Wayne's World, right? Hurl, yes. Was it hurling? Uh, if you're going mean, to spew, spew
1: into it. this.
0: Yes. Right. So we'll talk about that or anything else you want to in our bonus round here on the Robert Scabbell show coming up next. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks to Rob Jenkins for being on board. Thanks to Dr. Jason Dean. Uh, another great broadcast. And I hope that you'll share the show when it's in podcast form or even the video version here at robertscabbell.com slash listen, where I simply remind you that the power to heal is still yours. All right, Super D, good show. Uh, Great guests today. I thought Rob Drinkens was great. Really refreshing to hear that level of clarity on on these issues that I think are important to all of us, especially if you have kids considering going into academics, um, that there are good people there. But, man, how to navigate it if you want to go down that road. So I I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah,
1: another good show. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we do it.
0: Another fine show you've gotten it me just, into.
1: It just happens. And
0: that's shout-out to associate producer Kevin Tuttle all the way from Israel. That's you right. Know, I mentioned that I'd love to have Rob Jenkins on. It's like, was it last week? It wasn't that long ago we were talking about his no. article, and boom, he's here. Like, dude, that's awesome.
1: Just like that.
0: Yeah, that was cool.
1: So say hello to everybody over on Rumble. If you guys got anything to say. Shout-out to
0: you, Rumblers
1: yes is that what they're mm-hmm. called people that watch rumbler i just i don't Rumblers? know where
0: they are i made it up it sounds good to me anyway
1: oh uh, we got people on facebook we got people on twitch we got people on x
0: x are watching i Hooray! still have trouble
1: calling it x it just doesn't I know. I just, it's weird
0: well we were talking about disease x, x but yeah. I, I think twitter is fine but yeah. you can still go there It still shows up at twitter.com anyway
1: yeah kind of weird but they did change a few things um I still think they need to change the name of sending a message because it just doesn't make sense to call it a tweet anymore. No. Um. There should be something they need to. We need new lingo, new lingo for it. But anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh. Yeah, I don't have any questions or comments.
0: Okay, easy enough then.
1: On this side of things, what's going on over at robertscatbill.com?
0: Uh, let's see. Well, I was just seeing the comment that came through on uh lobelia, right? One of our favorite tinctures Lobelia. interesting. You know, we talked about Ipecac as a, a homeopathic remedy, having some impact on, on lung health, coughs and things. And of course, look at lobelia. There's, there's similarity in some of the symptoms that are associated with lobelia. And, you know, we can use lobelia as a homeopathic, but as an herb, you can drink a lot of lobelia and you'll vomit as well. It can induce vomiting. It's not mm-hmm. just Ipecac. So that's another thing. And they both have some uh, profound prop- properties uh, related to lung health, coughing and things. So I thought that was interesting, some of the similarity there.
1: Very interesting, yes. Mm-hmm. Stuff that can make you hurl on the Robert Scott Bell show.
0: <laughs> Stuff that makes you hurl. Yes. <clears throat> so- hey, are- are you nervous about your San Francisco 49ers next weekend against the Detroit Lions?
1: You know, I mean, when you get into the playoffs like this, if you aren't, like, nervous every game, then you're just a little too, I don't know, you're smoking too much weed or something, <laughs> drinking too much beer. Because, okay. uh, you know, you're up against, these are the top teams, right, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the on any given day rule, that applies to pretty much every game that's ever played in the NFL applies Mm -hmm. even more in this situation because we're talking about the best of the best. So yeah, listen, uh, Detroit Lions. a few years ago, if you had said, do you think the Detroit lions are going to beat the 49ers? They, everybody would have cracked up laughing, Mm -hmm. but the Detroit lions are not that same team. They're a good team now. Uh, and they've been fairly good the last few years. So, Mm. um, yeah, of course I'm kind of nervous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was nervous with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it just we lost one of our key players. I don't, I don't know that whether he's been cleared yet or not. I think they're still waiting.
0: I don't I think it's still questionable. <clears throat> the Debo Samuel thing. Yeah. All right. So, sw- switch gears to talk radio. Okay. Talk radio. I, I'm on Twitter or X, and I just noticed a post going back and forth between Michael Savage and Dan Bongino. Now, oh, uh, when we were talking with. Uh, uh, in, the, in the first hour, we had uh, Jason on, and yeah. what was the tie? He he mentioned, and I think it, it was taught, off the air.
1: Well, you were talking about how back in the day you used to get really heated,
0: yes, on topics,
1: right. and your voice would go up, and yeah. the meter would
0: be like peak, right? Getting there
1: into the red line,
0: and you have some of those clips that you know you turned into promos and things, promos, that we yeah. Used. yeah. And, and, you know, that was the time we were on the same network with Savage and, and I was on the Michael Savage show, uh, fairly regularly at the time. And, uh, you know, that's what Jason said. He remembered learning about me and then, you know, connecting it after that. But so Savage is still at, it. I think he's doing more podcasts. I don't know. He's doing syndicated radio, right? But uh, he's gotten into a spat with Dan Bongino, apparently.
1: Now that would be entertaining because he, Bongino. yeah is a guy who doesn't pull punches either.
0: Not at all and he's not in this. Um yeah. and I see the tweet from Savage Deep State. The only well distributed conservative radio talkers are one, a former secret secret service agent, two, a former justice department lawyer, three, a narcissistic blowhard who wears a CIA pin and tells everybody how tough he is. Do the math, they rolled you. And apparently that was a a a, a dig at Dan Mongino. And Bongino replies in the tweet, you're effing with the wrong guy, you piece of you know what? So it's like, oh, yeah, he's not holding back. And then Savage says, very classy. Let's see what X thinks of your hatred. And Mangino comes back and just says, F you, chump. Remember when you tried to get me on your show and I told you no because you're a loser? That was great. Now, <laughs> under that, what you'll find interesting, Super Don, is someone we used to work with, you used to work with, is, I don't know how recent this is, but is, a you know, one of the producers, uh, he says, Hello, this is on Twitter, so I can read this. Hello. Wait, I okay. get who? My name is Doug Lynn. Oh, Doug. I am no, a he producer. Was- for the Savage Nation with Michael Savage, nationally syndicated talk show on over 220 stations, we we're trying to reach Dan Bongino <laughs> on the possibility of having him on our show for a live interview, either at 9:30 p.m. EST or 30. So that was like back in the day, back in syndicated uh, radio. So he's pulling out, okay. Bongino's pulling out a note from. Doug oh yeah, Lynn. I'm
1: looking at it right now.
0: Yeah, I'm, please I'm let me you know if you're interested. Thank you for your time, Doug Lynn, producer of the Savage Nation with Michael. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I read that. I'm like, dude, that's like old school time when we were dealing, you know, dealing with.
1: Wow. What is this? This, this yeah. is insane.
0: Yeah. So then there's more. Savage goes after him. After you are gone, nobody will remember one word said by you. My legacy is established. My work is in major libraries and museums. That email was sent by Doug many years back to as many names as he could find. He has cancer. Why don't you also threaten him? Wow. Doug has cancer? Our friend Doug? So condolences. If, and, and, and if, <sighs> Reach out to Doug if we can reach him and say, can we help in any way? Um, anyway, Dan just doesn't have any of it. It's just like digging back and forth. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. I, I it's pretty. What grade are we in? Stuff. It's like fourth grade stuff going on right there. Uh, Savage is trying to take the high road here, believe it or not, and uh, Bongino's taking the low road. But anyway, I had to bring that up because I just noticed it, and we both That's know. That's funny. One of the yeah, guys, good old
1: Doug. Funny. I see him every once in a while talking, yeah. uh, commenting on on Facebook.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I think a lot he, of uh, yeah. You know, you hit a sore spot when you you hit these guys where they were whether they're still there or not, you know, it's always a bit suspicious. We had a former CIA guy on recently, right? And they may be saying some good stuff now, but you, you gotta be a little suspicious. If you're with the CIA, what are you taught to do? Deceive, lie, right? You know, what are you gonna say? Hopefully there's real re- reform and and they're not part of that anymore, but it's a fair, you know, issue and consideration. Okay. So if you react totally with "fu," it's like, eh, that's not an intellectually engaging way to, to interact, I don't believe. Uh, maybe that's just me.
1: But it's Twitter.
0: Yeah, it's Twitter. Twitter, Twitter still is kind happens. of a
1: wild west uh, kind of of place to interact and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, if you can't take the heat, you got to get out of the kitchen.
0: in that <laughs> Leslie, situation. Leslie says uh childish, no surprise about Bongino. So she Leslie's yeah, not I, Listen,
1: Bongino's got the gift of the gab too. I yeah. mean, I've I've listened to him off and on. Um I you know, I don't dislike the guy. Uh, you know, I think he's 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 got talent for sure. Um, well, it shows
0: a little bit of immaturity in, it, in his. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, there's ego. Listen, you. There's egos at play here, you know. Yeah. And Savage, Savage is, is not lacking in ego, right? Either. That's
0: true too. I agree. Yeah.
1: Um, one, yeah, <laughs> working on his. I think the, the 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 show that that would probably had. Me wanting to drink more was uh, when I was working on Lori Ingros' show. Oh God, yeah! Oh, High good stronger. Lord, Jeez, yeah! That was something, man, man. I was, yeah. <laughs> and I, I worked with Tammy Bruce. She, you know, I see her on uh, Fox News. She's a regular Fox News contributor. I produced her show for like three years.
0: Tammy was she was cool. I mean, yeah, she could be intense too. Tammy but, had a temper. Yeah.
1: Uh, and th- there were some people that got on her show that were working her show, and yeah. they just completely bombed. I mean, they just they didn't. You, know you how, got
0: along with her; she liked well, you. Well,
1: you know, it was funny working at the network. I always ended up having to work on the shows that other people couldn't couldn't work on yeah. because they kept getting fired. And and, and I was, was like, you know, so they put me on Tammy's show. I got her, along with Tammy really yeah. well. I Even mean, we really day. had a good relationship. Really, I miss her. Well, uh, and Tammy.
0: Anytime I speak with Tammy, and it's not often, but yeah. she all—if I mentioned Don, Super Don, Don, she she still speaks fondly of you. Yeah. She has only good memories of you.
1: Yeah, no, we had a good time, and and like I said, it lasted two or three years. Mm-hmm. We we ended up working together, uh, but then they put me on to work Phil Hendry's board. Oh my god! I, oh god! <laughs> That was terrible and I I actually struggled with that one because yeah,
0: Phil Hendry was the guy that would create voices and call into his own show.
1: He's a wizard, he's a master yeah. at his art um yeah. and, and and doing the st- the show but mm-hmm. it, it just impossible to work with. Right. Uh and it wasn't because necessarily uh that that the people that were trying to work with him were not good but he had a vendetta mm-hmm. with the network. And so you were like you were in the crosshair. You were the network. And so yeah, I mean, nothing you did was right. Mm -hmm. This is all inside baseball. Nobody's interested in this, but
0: um Oh, I I it's good memories backstories. Uh getting back to football, Leslie says she's been a lifelong Detroit Lions fan, even though she doesn't follow football so much anymore. And I will say this, Super Don, not to, you know, root against the 49ers, because I don't have a dog in the fight, but I think the story of having Detroit go to the Super Bowl would be interesting because they're like a half—I mean, I think they haven't won a championship since, like, 1956 or fifty four or something. So, you know, that storyline is kind of interesting. I don't know that they will, but, again, without Debo Samuel, the the Niners are vulnerable.
1: Dude, Baltimore is still the team to beat.
0: I Well, I agree with that, yeah. We don't know what Kansas City's going to do there, but I'm rooting against Travis Kelsey because of his— I know it's mean of me but you know promoting the jab you know the, I just I, I don't Dude you don't condemn
1: that. the whole team because one person I does know, something I you know, just I I know I'm being with. mean but I'm just All like right.
0: Ugh, that's that, it's like the little edge where like I cuz I like Mahomes and he's like an amazing athlete to watch him is amazing at the same time I'm like dude Kelsey you really I lo- you lost me there you know but There you go it, whatever whatever
1: I just want to yeah. Watch them play football. Okay, that's it.
0: Yeah, no, I and I could appreciate that too. So,
1: all right. So, <clears throat> nothing happened on Rumble, but okay. man you know what? It's funny. We went to uh, we went to uh, bonus time, and we jumped up like fourteen people watching. They, well, they know were what? watching us sit here talk about. Talk radio and some football. people
0: don't like all the, the natural medicine stuff we do, or they only want <laughs> us to chat about inane things in the well, book. What should we round. do? What, what else would we talk about? But, we could, but we could talk thing. about,
1: well, <clears> we could be like everybody it. else on Rumble, and we could talk about the Illuminati and, you know, uh,
0: the ZZX was cool. I thought our discussion with Jason was cool. Dean was great. Yeah. Uh, Remember, we had our uh, vegetarian in residence. Uh, that was yesterday. The Plant Based Beginners Boot Camp is starting up January 29th. You can sign up for free if you go to the upcoming events tab at robertscabell.com. That's right. And SuperDon can show that real quick. And reminder last minute uh, signing up for the Autism Health Summit, San Antonio, Texas, or stream it live. There are CME credits and CE credits available for health professionals. There you go. Plant Based Beginners Boot Camp, free five day plant based challenge. And we got Autism Health Conference or our summit all so I say. Uh, Trinity Health Freedom Expo, that's a virtual one with the through the Whova app. 17th and 18th of February, you'll get everything that we did in October and then some for three months. You can download and watch it at your leisure. We get the Functional Medicine Summit and Expo. That's happening in Atlanta, March 8th through 10th. Uh, this weekend, I'll be in Atlanta with my daughter, and my mom's turning 90 on a Monday, so we're going to have a celebration. So if anybody in the Atlanta area want to connect, uh, reach out to SuperDon, We'll follow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Next Steps Conference, Lake Lanier Islands outside of Atlanta. This is the third annual one. I've been to all two of them so far. And the third one, I'll be there. Next-steps.info. It's going to be amazing. And then we got the RSB Show Family Reunion. Uh, that's happening. Actually, that's after the Be Healthy Utah event, uh, which is uh, the 19th and 20th of April, right? Am I right there? Figure out the month. Correct, yes. Date? Yeah. yes. Yeah, because the Family Reunion is going to be the, the 14th, 15th, and 16th simultaneous to the Red Pill Expo. So I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do one day there, one day there. We're all working at figuring it out. But you guys click on the banners at robertscowbell.com if you want to sign up, learn more about it, or uh, participate. That's just some of what's coming up. And uh, the Zoom AMA is tomorrow. So become a patron between now and then, and you can join us live on Zoom after the show tomorrow.
1: Indeed. Well, I guess the last thing we have to do here is...
0: Chris says, I'd love to see Phil Hendry and Lily Ernestine Tomlin do some <laughs> comedy Lily together. Lily Tomlin, yeah. Huh? yeah. I, I mean, know. Phil Hendry. I think he did that voice, too. He probably did the Lily Tomlin voice. He could do anything, just about.
1: He, yeah, he could. He's done voiceover work for different shows and animated
0: <laughs> stuff. And you know who can do that, too? Hmm. Uh, John Hewlett's son, Jason, who was on the the webinar he's got that ability. He's phenomenal with he's voices. voice actor. Oh yeah. And he'll so, just leave you in stitches. Just, uh, it was funny because Laban and Anna met Jason Hewlett completely unrelated to our relationship in Cardio Miracle when they were at a, a, some kind of big conference in Orlando at one of the Disney properties. And they met Jason just out of the blue and happened to mention me. And it's like, all of it came connected together. And they were like, uh, both uh, Laban and Anna were just in stitches laughing the whole time with him because Jason's just such an entertainer and, and can do all those voices like that. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool.
1: So. all right, so tomorrow we have got Dr. Ari Raw coming up in uh first hour mm-hmm. and second hour, uh don't know, maybe Ty Bollinger. I'll ask him, okay. Then we got our AMA. And then on Thursday, we'll have uh, Jonathan E. Morton, hour one. And in hour two, Dr. Mary Kelly Sutton and Dr. Shabra Jamil. Mm-hmm. Reclaimingmed.org.
0: Yeah, I think these are doctors trying to do it right. Uh, okay. They're doing the right thing, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, hey. All right. Th- thank you to Mercedes. She says, I love everything you talk about. That's sweet. oh Yeah. And Leslie... I don't know if she's just such a you know she is like leslie did we ever do a show that sucked because you're so nice you probably wouldn't tell us but (laughs) she 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 we love leslie and she's got the stay at home mom uh podcast here on the robert scott bell podcast network uh we are still on as far as i know on uh what is it uh what's it called on tv q streaming q streaming Yes. Did they change our channel number? Are we still the same channel? Double check on that, because things could be shifting. And if so, we need to change the uh, image on that.
1: Uh, Are you suspecting that that's the case? Yeah,
0: because I was on yesterday, and it looked like we were on a different channel. So they might have reassigned us without telling us. But again, I know it's new and it's developing, but still, uh, I want to make sure that Hmm. we know and we're up to date on any changes like that.
1: Let's take a look.
0: Leslie says, by the way, she's uploading a new episode to you tonight.
1: Let's see here. Nope, we're still on it looks like the same channel that I saved. Okay. You see that? Oh wait a minute here. I'll wait. put
0: it up and I can see it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So let me uh
0: we're on right now.
1: Yeah, we are. Of course we're on right now.
0: That's so cool. That's there on Q streaming on T V, right? So yep. what is the channel that say it is? Twenty, what is it?
1: Uh I don't know.
0: I don't know. It should tell us, but
1: it should. Let's let me go to it. Uh,
0: By the way, if you guys haven't plugged in, Q streaming is a service that for fifty nine ninety nine, you can get every channel known to man.
1: And, yeah, no no joke. I and pay-per-view,
0: I, pay-per-view channels too without having to pay extra. It's the best deal ever.
1: People hear us talking about this all the time. And so yeah. I, let me just show you. Did I'll you watch it,
0: another pay-per-view the other night?
1: Uh, you know what? I didn't get a chance to, but I know it was oh, on. I didn't get yeah. to sit down and watch it because we were doing something else, but, mm-hmm. um, that actually check out. I think their, their logo looks different now.
0: Yeah, it does. Q live. It looks
1: Communication right. unites everyone. Q. Nice. Interesting. So you've got uh, live TV. You got the TV guy, which would show you what's on TV right now. You've got video on demand and TV series. Mm-hmm. And so just to show you here. So there's live, live TV. You've got all these channels here.
0: And, and the thing is, why I was able to watch out-of-market football is because it can access the local stations everywhere mm-hmm. where they're played live, where you couldn't do that normally. And, right. you know, we were able to watch that one uh, uh, playoff game last week where they were, like, streaming it only through, like, Paramount or something because we watched it through a Canadian TV channel. There it you was go. wild. But
1: yeah, so these are all they call these entertainment channels, and these are kind of just you know all the MTVs and the HGTV and you know, the. But they got church Zoom channels network. as well. A lot of well, churches. yeah, now no, check that. it out, check it out. I mean, I, we might as well do this because I don't think yeah. people, a lot of people haven't seen what this is. Right. So then you've got all the news. They broke it up in the, in the news channels. Here's your C-SPAN, your CNN, your CNBC, you Fox BBC, News, Infowars, Headline News, MSNBC, Newsmax, News Nation, One America News, Weather Channel. Then you got kids and family channels, Disney, Nick Jr. Um, and then you got Music Choice. These are all music video or music channels. Mm-hmm. Then you got all the movie channels. Look at this: Cinemax, uh, Epics, HBO. <laughs> wow! Movie Showtime, <laughs> Stars. You know, I mean, those are like all of the you those know the were, big. You
0: know, each one of those costs a bunch of money. Oh yeah, and you have access to all of that. Then you got Now, the here's sports your favorite. Channels.
1: Here's the sports channels. Yeah. and I mean, here's sports channels you didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. All these different, you know, uh, sports things and the ESPNs, the golf channel and the hunting channel and the, you know, NS- M- NBC. You know, I mean yeah, – Half of these I've never even heard before, but they've but all. look got at it.
0: each affiliate. You've got ABC local, CBS local, NBC local. So that means you can access whatever's playing that's unique to that market, which is yes. where you can watch out-of-market is, games. Things absolutely,
1: things like and I've that. done that before. Yeah, where you know they'll have a blackout on a game that you want to watch. So you just go to the local affiliate if it, the game is yeah. in. Like the the Forty Nine er game when they mm-hmm. had uh, the, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, then you got other sports here uh then here's all of your local affiliates if you want to see what's on abc in little rock arkansas mm-hmm. the local abc affiliate you can do that and it goes through all the abcs cbs nbc here's your religion channels mm-hmm. uh you know your church channels here
0: yes glory, His glory uh, we've interviewed on that yeah yep. mm-hmm. sports paper but whoa 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 what's that hold on hold on yeah
1: I started making noise uh, sports pay-per-view. This is where you'll find your pay-per-view events that you would normally pay seventy dollars uh, to watch. That's wild. Yeah. Will be on these pay-per-view channels. Then they've got specific sports channels: NFL, NBA, NHL. Yada yada. yada. Yeah, you can pick
0: your team. It's Spanish
1: Spanish channels mm-hmm. if you want podcasts.
0: So think about this: if you're trying to fundraise, everybody's for the most part paying for some kind of streaming service, and or maybe multiple ones. Introduce them to this and they built in a way to support your favorite, whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. if it's your church, everybody at church is probably paying for some streaming service. That's right. Get them all to sign up for Q streaming and then you can raise money for your church. Or yep. your your group. I you mean, just sign up just, with
1: an account, and then other people yeah. will sign up to join it. You get you get you know a few bucks for you can for you can direct you the,
0: the charities, whatever. Yep. And you know if you're just trying to raise funds for something, this is an easy way because everybody in your neighborhood is paying Absolutely. way too much money for streaming services. You can plug them into this, and also the Robert Scott Bell Show has its own channel.
1: Now, if the live TV isn't enough, let's say you want to watch a movie. They've got these videos on demand. These are all movies that they've gotten. It's broken up into categories. So you want to watch, you know, a history? You want a horror movie? Uh, they're all here. This is all just on demand stuff here. Thrillers, mm-hmm. uh, action movies. Uh, you got the latest Mission Impossible. I watched that. That's actually really good. Part one. Oh, wow. Dead reckoning, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So no, actually, it's uh oh yeah, it is Dead Reckoning. You're right. Mm-hmm. But all the latest, you know, movies, old ones, new ones, you know, adventure, animation, comedy movies and stuff, all here just at the click of your mouse. So that's the video on demand. Then they've got TV series. Let's say you're into series, you know, on T on TV, you like to binge watch, you know, like you do on Netflix and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, they've
1: got all of those here by category as well. Different series. That's pretty. So wild. it's absolutely insane. Yeah. Let me this now but it's it's crazy what you get here and it's for 59.99 a month which is less than usually what you would pay for like uh, one of the high-tier uh memberships on like a, a streaming like Hulu or something like yeah, that right Play, but you get everything
0: you'll get everything you do with this
1: it's all in one place so mm-hmm. and then what made it even cooler was you did it first and then I did it is if you get the Amazon fire stick it's just the thing that you plug into your TV it comes with a remote and you now instead of watching it on your computer, you can now watch it on your television. And I, every every night when I go in there now, because I've gotten used to it, I, I turn on the Fire Stick and I'm watching everything through the Fire Stick now. And the Q streaming is on there, so you yeah. can flip through channels and all that kind of stuff with it with a remote control. So yeah, I'm really concept. I, I, it's there.
0: it's I'm there. I'm really now. happy with it. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so please support us if you would consider that Q streaming because that helps us as well. And well, we are updating and upgrading our website behind the scenes, which is going to cost us, but it's so important. It's been a long time since we've done this. And, um, you know, all of your support helps us I think us to do you that.
1: guys are really going to be impressed with like the it, new yeah. website. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, that's all I've got.
0: Thanks for indulging us on that little tour we didn't plan on. So there. Appreciate y'all being here once again. And uh, God willing, we'll be here less than 22 hours from now with another broadcast uh, adventure and healing and uh, then the AMA after the show tomorrow. So become a patron supporter. We'll see you on Zoom tomorrow after the show.
1: All right. So until then, have a wonderful day. We'll see you later.